bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bad words in your mouth. Bring them out, 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 coming live from the VIP. Nightlife on flight, what that mean? Both dead in the state, wanna see my knee. The whole city got pissed, heard he got three. That other rapper got a hit, but shouted, he not out. Who set the city on fire as soon as he got free? The king back now. Rawls don't even know how to act now. Hit the club, strippers getting naked before I sat down. Still ballin', money stacked tall in the shack now. Still push a button and let the roof on the lag down. I'm on the road doing shows, put my Mac down. Mississippi to Philly, Albuquerque to Chat Town. I got the crowd yelling. Bring them out, bring them out. I'm a hot girl yelling. Bring them out, bring them out. All the dope boys yelling. Bring them out, bring them out. Front the back, they yelling. Bring them out, bring them out. With other southern rapper hooded in this I got rich and I'm still in a hooligan clique You be rapping by blow, I don't move in the brick Talk about shooting out, now we're doing it quick If I hit you in the face, you gon' be suing me quick If I catch another case, I know it truly be missed So I'ma keep a cool head, stay out of the news headlines And show these other rappers it's bedtime It's cool to see that I'm ahead of my time I copy thrown down hard, talk career with a shine I got some time, they ain't nothing, cause I get better with time Who got a flow and a live show better than mine? I got a packed house yelling Bring them out, bring them out. Mike check one two one two. You wanna beef with the king? What is you gonna do? When you show up on the scene, with the two guns drew on you and your friend and play a little two on two. If you do half of what I do, you'll be hitting the deck. Good morning, y'all. talking about this morning it's a pretty serious topic you know what i'm saying dallas wouldn't you agree with that this is a, this, this is a pretty hey man, serious yeah, this topic. is gonna be real serious it's about to go down this morning you understand what sure. i'm saying yes sir my god my god listen man we got we got some stuff to deal with this morning yeah man it's gonna be some unpacking done this morning bro. you understand what i'm talking about <laughs> yes indeed man so what we talking about this morning just kind of give a little brief overview is that dallas did you have you ever heard of people being trapped in the middle class don't even know it 
Oh my God. You know, some people think that they big, but little got them in the headlock. You you know, ooh. <laughs> ooh. I'm telling you, bro. See, we see it daily, don't we? You know, another thing too, Dallas, uh, that I that I found in some research, right? Is they mm-hmm. say, Dallas, that sometimes it's it's easier to go from absolute poor to rich faster in some cases than it is to go from middle class to rich. Oh man, why do you think that is? Is it because people use that middle class as a safety net, or let's talk about? It. You know. I think I, I, you know, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find yeah. out. I don't want. I don't want to put too much. Yeah. You understand what I'm talking about? Cause we got a lot. I to can't do. wait. I can't wait. It's about to go down. Yeah, man. So, 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 listen. My name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas. Primarily focused on the wholesale space. Also, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip, new construction. Also, the owner of Nine to Five Millions. Um, um, excellent, excellent um, course that I love. Um, getting ready to kick that thing off, you know, again, you know what I'm saying? So, so be prepared for that. Um, but yeah, also new to the build to rent space, very excited, you know, uh, finding out uh, new information every single day. You know, Dallas, it's something about learning, you know, yep. I, I, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an expert in the build to rent space, I've built stuff before. But you gotcha. know, now that I'm going entering into this new space, I'm just excited of all of the potential opportunities. You are definitely, definitely yeah. excited, man. I hear you talk about this quite a bit, and you have my eyes, my eyebrows raised. That you know, hey, this, this is he's on to something. Let me look deeper into it. So I'm behind the scenes, man, checking you out. Yeah, let's man. get it. You know, I'm just saying. What's going on? Oh, oh what's man. happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good this morning, man. Welcome at 4.50. 4.50. I'm my clothes. Now I'm at the gym. At the gym situation. Yeah, man. Feeling good. Riding a bike, watching people play tennis. I could dig it. Great time, man. But Neil Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur. Uh, Do multiple things. Um, I'm tired of I mean, replace a six-figure job at the age of 27. Uh, Full-time entrepreneur now. Just getting different things that make sense. Time be really vertically integrated. Uh, Reopen the title company, got a construction company. Uh, also getting into the building rent as well. So just looking to level up in everywhere I can. My God, my God. We got my guy Money Milk in the building. What's going on, Money Milk? We got Diddy in the building. Just up this morning, travel died this morning. I'm on some dog business this morning, man. I got woke up, woke up out of my sleep to some work, man. <laughs> <laughs> dogs is crying, man. Oh, no, man, you know I got a little stuff here and there, man. So I got woke up, got woke up about four thirty this morning on a, on an emergency to come check this out. So I'm on the road, man. That's what I do. I love it though. Mm. My God, my God, what's going on, Diddy? What's going on with everybody this morning? Well, people up this morning, man. What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah man. I had to, uh, you know, I, I had to get up, man. Before I hopped on, I had to make sure I say my prayers first. Ooh, you know what I mean? Get them out the way. I mean, a lot of times we touch that phone too quick, man. I had to make sure I, you know, clean my heart out this morning. You know what I mean? Man, me and Diddy had a powerful conversation yesterday, Dallas. Had a powerful conversation. And you know, okay. That conversation, you know, not not to put, you know, not to put Diddy business out there, you know, but that conversation centered around a 
accountability. How can we hold each other to a higher standard, Dallas? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm moving into a higher standard space. You understand what I'm talking about? Yes, where, sir. Where, where I'm willing to accept more levels of responsibility, higher wow. standards. You understand wow. what I'm saying? Um, I do. You, you've been in that space before? Absolutely, man. The Bible tells us that to whom much is given, much is required. So definitely, man, as, as we grow, um, just in our day-to-day, -day, man, there's going to be so much required of us to not just maintain that, but to even grow further. So absolutely, man, I see exactly where you are. Mm. Yeah, it's important too, man, to, to, to stay productive and not just, you know... Not, not just, just busy. Yeah, because, you know, we live in that time where it's, it's easy to be distracted. Ooh, and very you'll easy. go down, you know, three, yes, four, five months and you realize you ain't did what you are supposed to do. You know what I mean? That's true. It's funny you said that, but I was just thinking through it, which you was, you know, processing when you were saying that a second ago, you know what I mean, about just the higher standard space, man, and that, that's, you know, that's a requirement, bro, like, sometimes you really gotta sit back and, shit, you gotta, you gotta require a lot from shit to get your attention, like, sometimes, right, like, that's me, like, if, it, if it's some BS, you can cancel me, you can cancel me right now, I'm, Nah, I ain't messing with you. <laughs> I gotta go. Like it ain't it ain't meeting the requirement to give my attention right now, dog. So, uh, but nah, that's that's a real thing, man. I, what we talking about right now, like how you get caught, you know, in, in that middle class trap. It's real deal, man. Uh, so, so, so we're gonna be diving deep. We're gonna be diving deep in it, man. Shout out to some of the wonderful people we got in the stage, man. We got, man, listen, man. We got Brielle in the. <laughs> Got Brielle in the building. We got Joanne in the building. Joanne in the building. We got we got Keisha in the building. Kareem, Arpit, Douglas, Amina. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who else we got? We got my, my guy Corey is back in the building. You know, Corey, you're not gonna Corey take my get money. That book huh? too. Corey, when get that book? What book? What book? Uh, Dino Wigman, uh, Attraction. Oh, you got yeah, that? I what got you think about that? I just started reading it. I picked up the last copy from the bookstore. They said they had one more left. I was the first one there to get it. Hey, hey Corey, be careful. That some bitch like crack now. It's gonna, it's gonna hold on to you. <laughs> hey, after I bought it and put it on my Instagram, about four people hit me up saying the same thing that I gotta read it twice to dig deep in it. So I'm excited to do that this week. Let's get it. Oh my god, my god. See, that's that. You know, action, action takers are money makers. I don't know if y'all ever heard of that before. Action takers are money makers. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm excited, man. You know, uh that was a riveting conversation we had last uh last week, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Most definitely riveting. Um, but yeah, man, um man, shout out to uh everybody else that's on the stage, man, for joining in this morning, man. Listen, man, it it wouldn't be no BOB without y'all. Um that's a fact. So I just wanted to put that out there, and uh, man, let, let's let's uh, you know, Dallas, how you how you you, you feeling all right this morning? Are you? Hey, man, I'm feeling so blessed, man. I don't know what to do, man. That mic over there sounding showing up good over there, B. I feel you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's going down. It's going down, man. Hey, man, I'm so ready to get this morning started. I've uh, been waiting on this, so uh, just do me a favor, man. Let's switch it up a little bit and drop that beat for me. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, 
I sure appreciate you. I sure appreciate you. Let me say it like this. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to each and every one of you. Thank you for joining us on this morning. You're listening to the B.O.B. Business Over Breakfast Morning Show. We are so happy that you are here. This is a.k.a. the place to be where we always talk about fresh perspectives on relationships, economics, and entrepreneurship. I need B.O.B. to stand up and mash on that green mansion at the top of your screen that looks like a Monopoly hotel so that you can be kept abreast and in the know of all things business over breakfast. And while you're at it, we already have 20 shares in the building. I sure do appreciate that, but 99 and a half just won't do. I need everybody right now to press on that square where the arrow is pointing up and when it's up and it's, then it's stuck. I need you right now to go ahead and share this in the clubhouse hallways. I need you to share it on all of your social media and I need you to share it by way of text message. I need you to do it now. We got 21 since I started talking about it. So that's one more than we already had. I need everybody to join us in doing that. Y'all know who it is. It's your boy Dion Britton, AKA at Dallas the Realtor. You can reach me there on all of my social media. It is Tuesday, the last day of May. It's my mother in love birthday. I can't wait to turn up with her again after last night. It's Tuesday, 531, 2022. Get it how you live. Happy birthday to all of the other May babies who haven't heard me say that this month. This is a day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Tomorrow, 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 you know what it is. It's the first Wednesday of the month and on the first, third, and fifth Wednesdays, we have Bible study right there on the Wealth Community. I can't wait. We got a special guest on tomorrow. His name is Dr. Corey Jackson and y'all don't want to miss it. It's going to be fire up in the building. But until then, we're about to start a fire right here on Business Over Breakfast as we talk about how to avoid the middle class wealth trap. Y'all don't want to miss it. It's about to be off the chain. Make sure you pray for and follow each and every person on this digital verbal stage. And I don't know about y'all, but when it comes to these clubhouse streets, it's the B.O.B. for me. Let's talk to him and let's watch him work. His name is Jesus. And remember this, if he don't do nothing else for you, he's already done enough. Let us pray. Today, God, Gracious and all-knowing Father, we come this morning thanking you for yet another day and we ask you, first and foremost, God, to elevate our minds and prove this day yourself in the mighty matchless name of Jesus. Continue to lift my mother, God, who is in ICU and most of all, God, also, I want you to continue to lift Ashley and her family. Today, God, we want to give you everything that you have given unto us. We pray right now, God, that you hear our hearts and build us up where we're torn down strengthen us where we're weak and we God will ask today for your guidance through every obstacle that we are facing facing right now today God let your spirit endow each and every one of us for every person that we will encounter today God we want to approach them as though they are you Give us, God, the power, the serenity, the grace, and the mercy to give them peace that will help them surpass everything that they're dealing with. And it is in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, we pray, and the B.O.B. Church shout it out. Amen. Y'all have a powerful day in the Lord. I got my buddy on here this morning and I have the opportunity to introduce none other than one of the co-hosts of Business Over Breakfast, a seven-figure real estate empire 
of a seven-figure mastering the art of acquisitions available now six figures a month wholesaling real estate team an active fix and flip a co-owner of the hustle implementers llc let me introduce to some and present to others none other than keith real estate diddy average i just had to do it i just had to do it you had to get that off your chest i ain't gonna lie he make that sound good (laughs) to be honest with you man i had to see what y'all talking about now when it's me (laughs) <laughs> your personal announcer your personal announcer hey dude you feel like you on your way huh you on your way to the top just off that announcement. I, see what, I see what Ashley was saying when she might have to take him on the road <laughs> let's get it good morning Diddy good morning man hey man good morning to you man yes sir uh, man that was some good stuff, man. That was that was high quality right there, Diddy. You I felt know? like saying Diddy, 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 Diddy. You know what I'm saying? Diddy, 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 Diddy. Before he said it was me, I was like, is that me? Drop the beat. Already. Everybody done got it now, man. I, I think the only, I got two more in there. I got two more in there, and I can't wait for them to all be on stage. Oh, wait a minute. I think I just missed Brandon. I think I got everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get in one day, too. Let's oh, get yeah, it, y'all. Let's man, go. Yeah, man. I can't wait for this conversation. You know, um, they say, um, you know, they say that 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 middle class, right? Middle class folk. The issue with them is that, number one, they're, they, they think that they can outsmart their money problems, right? Because you got to understand, a lot of the folk in the middle class tend to be the folk who they probably made the good grades, Right. They followed all of the rules. They uh, were very risk averse, right? Because, of course, we don't want to take risks. You know, that's crazy. Dumb people do stupid stuff with their money. Okay. Um, so, so you're dealing with folk who are risk averse. You're dealing with folk who likes to color within the lines, right? And anything that, that, that looks like it's coloring outside of the lines either will be banished or it will be, you know, uh, relegated to whatever hits, you know, um, uh, space is in whatever they're trying to do. They'll try to distance themselves from those kind of people and behaviors. OK, they got it all figured out and um, and they believe this is this is this is the key thing. They believe that working hard for money. Is the only way to make money in a lot of cases, we're going to dive deeper than that, but I just want to kind of just un, uh, 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 peel that back real quick because you know a lot of folk, right? They're gonna get to that space to where they're making enough money, right? And all of the family members got a tremendous amount of respect. They live in a nice house. They got the nice couple cars. You know, kids well taken care of. They, um, you know, maybe even go to uh, uh, private school. They may take a vacation uh, every six months or so, right? And on, on appearance, it looks like they got it all figured out. But what, what people don't understand is in, in a lot of cases, them folk are trapped. Them folk are trapped um, and they're trapped in the cycle. No different than somebody that is poor in the cycle of work, 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 work. Right. Just to be able to make ends meet, to 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 put on. Uh, to keep this facade of a lifestyle going. Now, to some folk, that's that's fine. 
right? To some folk, that's probably more than fine. They love it, right? Because they feel like at least I'm doing better than most folk. I look better than most folk. But the thing about it is, it's very easy to get caught up into that trap and you not find yourself in a position where you can really, really level up. You can really, really level up. So I, I just wanted to just open up the stage with that right there and then I want to pass it around. Diddy, what 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 do you think about that particular uh that particular concept? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, when you was uh actually when you were just saying it real quick, you know, I thought about some that, you know, middle class also can be, you know, a high a high earner as far as being an entrepreneur. And the reason why I say that is is because most people in the middle class they they never really uh, you know, they never really get that passive income piece. You know, you can be a high earner with a lot of active income and still be middle class because you haven't made it to the next level to even be considered um, on a different level to being middle class. You really could be tricked. You know, you really could be a person that's making a million dollars but spending a million dollars. To me, that's still considered middle class, which I think. Facts. You know, not really, you know know how to build wealth too good. So you got to be careful there too, man. You know, a lot of people, you know, a person can make a million and spend a million and a person can make 200,000 but spend, let's say, 75,000. Who, who is better, really? I'm, I'm rocking with the 200,000. Think about that. That happens a lot of times, though. You know, just because a person is riding in a certain type of car, that don't mean they're on a higher level than the person that may be uh, ride in a Toyota because the person in a Toyota could be taking care of their money and make more investments than the person that's riding in, let's say, a, a Range Rover. That is a I fact. Think, you know, I'm just being honest, man. I mean, you know, perception is everything. So we got to be careful, man, when we're looking at certain folks because everything ain't always what it seems. It ain't about how you get things. It ain't about what you get. It's about how you get it. And a lot of times folks be middle class, but they look like they not. So I just wanted to just lay that out there real quick. Mm. Wow. Uh, man, you know, I, I want to hear from the room. So what's, what's your thoughts on this particular topic, the middle class trap? You know, I've heard from some folk, right? Some people are of the opinion that sometimes it's easier to go from being dead poor to rich than it is for somebody middle class to go from middle class to rich. Any thoughts on that? Let's talk about it. The floor is open. The floor is open. That's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And this is great, y'all. Everything that Diddy said and that Byron said is so true because as I was coming up through the corporate world when I was VP um, at AAA, when I was coming up through the corporate world, everything looked good. But I could tell you behind my veil, it wasn't that. And at that time, I didn't know about, you know, systems and 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 putting your money in places that it grows while you sleep or or none of that and we had the houses the cars and and all of those things and the, the problem is you spend more time 
out and about at these events and networking and looking good and at parties and, and all of that. And you're not educating yourself. I wasn't learning how to grow. It wasn't until I hit a type of business when I left the corporate world and I hit the type of business that I did that I actually started learning about money, investment, and where to put it. And so what happens is that trap is, you know, there was, um, um, there was a person here in the Houston who threw, who's for 20 years has been throwing these big, huge parties. They got big houses. They got big cars. They got all of this. And they, um, one of their events flopped. It was a horrible situation and people were suing them for sponsorship money. They couldn't pay back and all that. And they look super, super rich y'all like for real. And this has reminded me of a story that happened in my life. And and he had came to me and said, what can we do about this? And the truth of the matter is he was, the biggest thing was he was not telling the truth to himself. And I was in a position back in those days where I was not telling the truth to myself. And we didn't have coaches and mentors and people who could tell us this truth today that we're listening to. So for me, it took coming out of, for me, for me, now there's many people could stay in the corporate world and, and do what we just talked about investments and all that. Before I even started making investments, I had to come out the corporate world. I went into the entrepreneur life and that's when it got real, real for me. That's when I really realized at that point that whole huddle on, I don't got any money. I'm actually not making anything. I'm broke. I don't have nothing to sustain me. It was horrible until when I, I made my first, when I made 3 million, my first my first millions was in entrepreneurship life. And quite frankly, I still was in the middle-class mindset and I couldn't find a way to get past that. And although I thought I was balling, I was always scraping, always broke. And I have to just be real, real honest. It wasn't until the last five years or so that I started figuring out how to grow money. And here I am today now, just in a place where it makes sense to grow my money. And it's a mindset. You're balling, you're looking good, but you're not doing anything behind the veil that's growing you. And so, yeah, my kids went to private school. We knew all the big wigs, all of that. And I'm saying all that to say to any of you out there who are in that position, you have to have a wake up call. You have to really talk to yourself. You have to get in the this type of community and you have to really, really, really say there's no more because this that stuff right there, most people who went broke during the pandemic, it was because they had no investments, no savings, and they were putting their money in frivolous things. So this is Grace. This is that was my story. And it just took till recently to come up out of there. And that was because I started having processes and systems in place that was growing while I was sleeping. That was this that's all new for me. This is Grace. I'm done. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I want to, uh, is Bria, are you with us right now? Is Bria with us? Yeah, I'm here. What's your thoughts on that? You know, because this, this you know, you know, what, what have you seen? I know you've, you've, you've been, um, around a lot of successful people. Um, you've yeah. seen new success. You've seen old success. What have you seen? You know, do you believe that, that sometimes that middle, what's your thoughts on this middle class trap thing? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely believe it's a trap. You know, I, I undeniably believe that there is wrong information that is disseminated amongst the people, meaning the, the globe. And you have a choice whether or not to learn new information for what's current now in 2022 and ways to 
become wealthy, right? Or you will be taught and live off of what we learn in school. And when I say school, I mean globally. Globally, the education system is going to be, especially specifically public education, and even in a lot of cases, private education, is created to teach people, like the masses, how to stay employees. And so you will never surpass, I'd say, the middle class working solely for another person. And that's a hard pill to swallow. In the very beginning of the conversation, when you talked about the middle class being um, having to make decisions to be smarter than our money, the truth really is, is that, or I don't think that's how you said it, but the truth is, is that when you're a doctor or a lawyer or you've spent 12, 15, 20 years getting degrees, PhDs, you don't want to think about the idea that now that I have a degree and I can be employable at such a high rate, a high title, a high level, you don't want to think about the idea that that might not be what's sustainable for your family, right? It's a lack of information. You're told to do something, you do it. And I mean, think of how defeating that is to go 18 years into an education only to know that there's a possibility that the entrepreneur with zero uh, formal education is going to run circles around you financially, right? That's, that's an ego blow. And so we just choose as a culture and as a people and as an individual, you have to make a choice to not get trapped in the cycle of employee and to decide what skill sets and what values you have that you can create something sustainable for society where people will pay you for your craft because you will not bypass the middle class solely working for someone else. Whether that's a single or dual parent household, one person, two people, five people, it's just not possible. That's my take on it. Wow. 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 Man, this is good stuff. So um, what are some of those top things? I want to go back over this real quick. So number one, the belief systems, right? So working hard, even at a job I hate will, you know, eventually, you know, make me more financially successful. Middle class thoughts. Okay. Um, number two, you can't get rich without a formal education. Real just kind of dispelled that. Okay. Um, these, these are thoughts of the middle class. Number two, you can't get rich without a, uh, uh, without a formal education. Number three, getting rich isn't or may not be for me. Okay, that place of comfort. Number four, extreme wealth changes people for the worse. Okay, uh, number five, playing it safe with your money is a good thing. And we got to dive deep on that one right there. Listen, that number, that number five, playing it safe with your money is a good thing. Number five, it's more important to teach my kids how to save money. Okay. How to save money, be good stewards of money. Okay. Um, number six, making money. Uh, I mean, money makes people stressed and emotional. Number seven, being comfortable is more than enough. Okay. These are some of the beliefs that, you know, based on studies that, that most of the, the people that are in the middle class think and playing it safe with money, right. Is, is one of the ones that I think 
that that throws a lot of us off. Um, when you hear when y'all hear the word playing it safe with money, what is what are some of your thoughts? What are some of your thoughts? Floor is open. Well, yeah, I just want to dispel um, really quick. Number five, when you when you said teaching my kids how to save money and be good stewards, that's not the same. And so I just wanted to be really clear, especially biblically, we think about stewardship and we understand that to whom much is given, much is required. And we talk about how God, depending on your, your belief system, has now entrusted us with something and we're called to be good stewards of it. But stewardship and saving is not the same. The job of stewardship is to take care of something, right? To have a relationship with something, to cultivate it, right? And so when you're saving money, you're not cultivating it. And so I just wanted to to throw that out there because I think it's really important. And again, that's the lack of information and the lack that the belief system in what we're taught and not what's true. So when I talk about lack of information and misinformation, right, information being the formation of something. So misinformation being the deformation of our minds, right, information, deformation, misinformation, um, stewardship, biblically or just on a really basic level, is not saving. Stewardship is sowing, right? Stewardship is investing. Stewardship is producing more with what you're given. And so many times, um, it's used in the same context. Use it, in, you know, st- saving and stewardship, and they're absolutely not the same thing. And I think that when, as a culture, we start to separate those two and look at the etymology of the word itself and know, okay, if I'm a good steward, what am I really being called to do instead of I'm a good steward, so I'm going to save and hoard and, and just protect it. Absolutely. Yeah. That is absolutely correct. But yeah, who's jumping in? Yeah, that's Jason. I want to back Brielle up as well. And I give a personal example. I think playing it safe with money, for instance, uh, a lot of parents don't, raise their kids to be entrepreneurs. They'd rather them be a lawyer. And me, personal example, that's what happened because I think of how they were raised. Like my dad was raised to see that a doctor, a lawyer, um, an engineer, or an accountant. And he chose to be an accountant in Antigua. So he did his Bachelor of Commerce. So I did my Bachelor of Commerce. A lot of times parents raise kids and they kind of in their image as opposed to in the image of God where their individuals are different. And before... It might have been in Antigua that an accountant or a lawyer would get paid more. But now this generation, it's a lot different. So I got accepted to Osgoode Hall Law School. And then I decided not to go because I saw all the lawyers. They were all depressed. Like I would see them on vacation, whether it's in Antigua or I'd go to Italy. And I'd actually ask them, you know, when I'm on vacation, I'm like, do you love your job? And they're like, well, they'd be on the beach. Like I'd meet somebody like my age on the beach and she'd be there and she'd be like, well, I like what it buys me. And I'm like, you mean what? Your vacation for two weeks at your house? And she'd be like, yeah. I'm like, how much vacation you get? Like two weeks? And I'm like, I'm on vacation too. And I have a house too, right? But I'm happy because I'm doing something I love to do. At that time, I was working for a software company. But the parents, we don't, don't get their kids to actually invest It gets them to save and then they want them to just have a profession like a lawyer. And I had to tell my dad, I'm not going to law school. And he didn't understand. But but I used to work at Microsoft and 
I'm like, I say it like this. A lot of people don't realize Bill Gates' dad was Bill Gates' senior, actually probably Bill Gates' second, but he, he was a lawyer, right? And he was actually a, what would be called, I guess, a good lawyer because he got to be promoted to be head of his bar association. And Bill Gates Jr. dropped out. And nobody calls Bill Gates Jr. Bill Gates Jr. and realizes that while his dad was alive, his dad passed away now months ago. But that's why, you know, I actually chose not to go to law school because I'm saying, wait a minute, Bill Gates Jr. dropped out. Bill Gates Sr. was a lawyer. And people don't even realize this. Right. And I said, like, my dad didn't understand the difference. Right. And I said, like, why doesn't anybody else called Bill Gates, Bill Gates Jr. Like I actually literally worked at Microsoft in 1998 and 1999. And when I graduated again, 2002 to 2004, if your dad's name is Bill while he's alive, people should be calling you Bill Gates Jr. But I said, look, when you make that much more money than your father, they don't bother calling you Jr. <laughs> and that's wow. the thing. And I'm, I'm glad that I didn't go to law school and I make, you know, way more and it's not about that. It's about being happy because it's not even about that. It's about your purpose. And this is what people don't understand. If you if you get your raise your kids to pursue their purpose and their dreams, they're going to be happy and they're going to be more successful. There's such a high rate of suicide, right? I went to my 15-year-old girl's funeral that used to go to my church, right? She jumped off a second-story building and then she jumped off uh, uh, she survived because God was gracious, right? But then she jumped off a 20-something story building, right? There's such a high rate of suicide because people aren't doing what they feel. They don't even, like these kids nowadays, they're jumping off from spike to spike to go viral because we're exalting money instead of saying, wait a minute, what is your purpose? And even if it takes 20 years building a company, but then you can be like, happy or like Tyler Perry or whatever, if you want to actually, if you have a dream of doing something different, we just say, forget about that. Do something safe. Do some, do, do the nine to five. And people in nine to five jobs are actually so depressed that if there is stats, you, you can see there's a lot of people in a nine to five job that their parents groomed them and raised them for, and they're killing themselves and they're not making more money either. This is Jason. Would you say that that is that or is that the mental health issues not going, uh, you know, not being addressed? Because it's I, all related. I, you know, well, I say this. I say this. Um, I think, you know, mental health is mental health. You know what I mean? We're going to be diving deep on that this week, too. Um, I think we got a mental health class. Uh, I mean, uh, show this week. We really want to dive deep on that because I know that, you know, um, when you're talking mental health and when you're talking money, I think they're 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 separate. Because um, a lot of times, man, it, you know, people are just not coping uh, or not getting the right mental health um, um, help that they need just in general. Um, and that's that's, you know, irrespective of money. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just want to put that out there. Um, but, yeah, let, let's keep the conversation going. So what we talking about? We're talking about um, we're talking about this middle class wealth trap. What does that mean? What does that look like? Right. And how do we avoid it? Right. Have we ever been in it? Right. Um, all of those things, you know, it's funny because uh, and it goes back to the conversation I was having with Diddy yesterday and about setting new standards, reaching new heights. And, you know, are are we having those kind of conversations in our interpersonal relationships? Are we Bye. having those kind of conversations? Yeah, let's talk about it. 
Can, Can I, we go back to Brielle real quick, to that, um, Byron, but I want to talk about how important that stewardship and that sewing is as well. So as we keep going on in the conversation and and we, and we you got to number five, I, you know, yeah. sewing is, is so critical to get out of. You know, it's like the Red Sea, Dead Sea. All this water goes into the Red Sea and it's thriving and surviving and it goes into the Dead Sea, but nothing goes out of the Dead Sea. It's dead. And so I want to, you know, just really stay tapped into that and hopefully circle, you know, we can even circle back to it, uh, Byron, but because sewing is so essential. And I just wanted to say, Brielle, that was, that was fire. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Byron's an example of that, right? What he was saying just now, like it was like, like water all over my, I was like, whoa, because the trap is when we circle it to mental health, when we put it all together, right? What Byron's done, just kind of looking community, right? When we look at the middle health, the trap of the nine to five, we have the difference is, is that the wealthy, the really, really wealthy, right? And even just the wealthy, they have communities where they're taught that information. And so what Byron has done in cultivating this community, what all the guys have done is they've created a community where now we're taught this information, right? They're little, they're, they're silos. And so we, when we look at sowing the seeds and pouring in and all of this, I think a lot of it because um, I know we're not at number five yet, but even just going back to number one, it, Byron has eliminated, at least even for this room, right? There's th- almost 300 people in here who can now choose to avoid the wealth trap and, or to avoid the middle class trap to go be wealthy. But it's because we're given the tools because of the community that Byron has built. And so not only did he build a community for himself, right, to make sure he's never in that trap, but now it's the same as the wealthy have. They have communities and now we do too. So I think a lot of it comes to also building communities so that we can have these conversations. Absolutely. Byron. Yes. This is BJ. I would love to follow Brielle uh, with this because uh, from my perspective, and I come, some of you have heard me speak, I come from an immigrant family. My father was an immigrant, um, and then I I was the the child of an immigrant, and then I came to this country, made myself an immigrant, and made my kids immigrants, right? And uh, we were all entrepreneurs. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Nobody in my family... Um, has been uh, has been employed, uh, and I even even I that was employed for a few years in a corporation. It was really uh, very very short. But what I love when you put this title, and I saw it this morning when you opened the room, um, and goes back to exactly what Brielle is just saying. The value of what you're putting out here, um, along with your amazing moderators, is that it's making. Wherever we are in this equation, we're all thinking. And that alone is the wealth that you're giving us today. Because I don't care what our experiences are, uh, right? And I think it was, was it Jason that was speaking about, you know, having a father that was um, uh, had wanted for him a certain path, etc. And we all have that, that, um, that story that we think we need to follow. And I think what's amazing here is just to give ourselves, we're, we're not caught like everybody else. When they were talking about, um, 
corporate jobs. Uh, not not all people that work for corporate uh, America, I'm speaking about the United States in particular, uh, not all of them are middle class. Some are very rich. There are people that have really grown fantastic uh, wealth just by working in corporate America. I think here we're talking more uh, those people that might be either burnt out, unmotivated, and just living pay to check, check to check, or uh, like you said, they're so uh, what I loved about this uh, room uh, is that I never thought of this concept, right? Uh, the trap of middle class, because you would think, oh, you know, middle class people have a have a good life. No, but the trap is, you know, if you really want to build uh, wealth, uh, what is it that you're n- not doing? I love when uh, when you were talking, uh, Brielle, I, I think that was, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, the conversation today is going to be long, but my takeaway was when Brielle said um, about, um, money, taking care of money is not having it in an account, right? You have something, you need to water it, you need to make it grow. That's being responsible with money. Uh, but, you know, you have to know where's your risk and how you take risk. Being in this room, uh, Byron O'Neill, um, Diddy and Dallas, every day uh, when you open it, and you hear and we get uh, more and more educated in in so many ways, that's how we can use our money in an efficient way instead of spending it in things that are not. Uh, So it's the responsibility of money, but it's also making it grow. It's the same with your message. I mean, look at you guys here. You're taking a risk right here um, every every time that you open this room uh, to be able to deliver a message. That's a risk. You have an audience. You have a responsibility. That's a risk. Um, So so that alone, I think it's, it's what's a value is whatever the story you were giving, uh, whether it was strong. In my case, I had a lot of freedom uh, of thinking of, or I thought I had a lot of freedom to go anywhere I wanted. Um, but when you have families where they think, you know, this is the path and this is the only path, this is when it's important to to know who I am, what I want. And like Brielle said, right here listening, everybody has a choice. You know, am I going to continue in this corporate world and maybe, uh, maybe even within the corporate world, take risks and be able to, you know, take that, take the, any limitations. And if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, also understand that there are risks. And somebody put in the chat um, something like the average entrepreneur um makes a lot less than the average medical doctor. Well, that's also a thought to ponder, right? Uh, understanding that, you know, when you go into education and regular education and you get a job, uh, you probably start higher than when you're an entrepreneur and, and mostly if you start alone, right? Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm going all over the place. I just think that um, it's very valuable. And, and Brielle, my takeaway so far has been your thought of taking care of money is not just putting it there, not spending it. And, and I think, uh, Byron, that's also your idea of your room today. But it is how we use it uh, to really make ourselves move forward. Thank you guys for the space. Amazing conversation. Absolutely. I think Joanna has some. Joanna, you want to jump in? Because I want to dive in. as well. Absolutely. I did. Me too. I did. Thank you, Byron. So uh, my question is, what is middle class? How is it defined? Is it just numbers? Is it a difference between being poor, rich or wealthy? And then I would love to hear from an accountant, because uh, as uh, Grace said, we can always lie to ourselves. And a lot of times we do. But the numbers are not going to lie. That part. That part. 
That's real talk. You know, um, that's a good question. That's a real good question. Well, you know, middle middle income in America, you know, it, it's always changing. It's always changing. But let's 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 see if somebody can pull that up though. Maybe somebody can pull that up and 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 give us that definition uh, while we continue the conversation. But yeah, um, you know. <laughs> My thing is this. I, I want to get into, you know, I can't wait and get to get into the implementation strategies on this thing. That's my thing. Um, implementation strategies. What does it look like when we get to the side to where we are investing in money um, and in other things to help ourselves grow? That's what I want to get to. But anyways, um, anybody else want to add something? I heard a couple pe other people uh, on mic. I can tell you the middle class definition. Okay. What is that definition? Status. The term has historically been associated with modernity, capitalism, and political debate. Okay, for America, the Pew Research Center defines the middle class as households that earn between two-thirds and double the median U.S. household income, which was $61,372 in 2017, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Um, 21, um, using Pew's yardstick middle income, is made up of people who make between 42,000 and 126,000. Wow. wow. You know, and it's funny you know, when, it's when funny you mentioned that you too. Uh, I think somebody got an open mic. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, the thing about it for me is it's the return on time, right? I look at everything now as the return on time. It's not necessarily the return on money because if i can make you know let's say if i can make ten thousand dollars a month with zero percent of my time or at least one or two hours of my time right i'd rather that than to make you know twenty thousand dollars with with 60 hours a week of my time so yeah so, this is what i sorry yeah 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 go ahead jump in well this is what i'm saying about the doctor and it is related to mental health and this is how i'm an expert in both because my dad tried to hurt himself twice in the psych ward, and I was in the same psych ward as him in university in 1998 for two weeks and in 1999 for two weeks, right? And then again, I left straight from Microsoft in 2004. I went straight back to the psych ward for two weeks. And then I went straight from teaching at my church's Christian school in 2011, straight to the psych ward last time for two weeks. So I'm not saying this from a place of ignorance. This is the connection. If you do something that you really don't like doing for a salary and you spend all of those hours doing it, inevitably at some point, you're gonna be like, what the heck am I doing this for? Even if you're a doctor and think about that, think about how many hours a doctor works, Byron, to your point. If that person was not called to be a doctor, not saying if that's their passion and that's what they wanted to do. And when they were kids, people were playing with dolls and they were playing like taking apart Ken and taking apart Barbie, right? I'm not saying that that kid, but the kid that that became a doctor when they wanted to become an actor and their parents said, yeah, forget that, that's not a real job. Or they wanted to become, you know, do something artistic. And the parents said, forget that. Like I wanted to paint when I was in, I wanted to go to like, I wanted to go to arts college, like not arts college, like painting camp. They had like some paint camp in grade five. And my dad was like, you know, why would you do that? You're not going to make any money. Right. So there's a lot of people like that. They were told those things. There was a girl that went to my, uh, my church. She wanted to, she was getting pageants and her parents didn't understand that. She said she, she was miss teen 
Canada or something, and she wanted to act. And her parents were like, you're not going to make any money doing that. And she had to fight in the scriptures and show them that you're supposed to pursue your purpose. And she ended up getting to, she had a fight at 15 for them to let her. And then she pursued it yeah. and she ended up on, on carnival cruises. So it, it I doesn't matter. I guess, I guess my, my, my whole, my, my issue with that is, and I, I kind of want to pivot away from the mental health piece um, because I don't, you know, I listen, I think mental health is just mental health. Right. I don't th I think, you know, people can do all kind of stuff. You know, I can work. I me personally, I could easily work a job. I hate hate. I, I could do that. Like I, I literally have the physical ability to do a task in the moment that I hate and be all right with that. If it pays me the right amount, I, I can I personally can do that and be comfortable in my own skin, very comfortable and and happy about it. I won't be happy about that particular task at hand, but I could easily do a job that I dislike, right? For, 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 for purpose. So I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, put those things in the same bucket. You know what I'm saying? And respectfully, you know what I mean? I, I just don't want to put those things in the same bucket. I think mental health is something that people got to deal with, you know, with professionals. Um, and I don't want to tie it to like a money thing or tie it to a job thing. Not saying that those things can't happen. Right. I'm not disagreeing with you saying that, you know, that, uh, um, that a bad job can hurt somebody's mental health, but I don't want to say that the bad job is causing the mental health. If that, if that makes sense, I hope that makes sense because mental yeah, health fine. Is, I won't relate it. That's fine. I'll, I'll keep it separate. Can I but speak? Yeah, saying, okay, possible? yeah. Jump. Go, yeah. Go jump ahead. in. Yeah. Okay. I like what you were talking about when you said a return on your time. I think oftentimes when I see entrepreneurs jump out there, it's not that they don't have a good product, they don't have a good service. It might be that they haven't concentrated on cultivating it to produce more in less time. I think if more people looked at the solutions of how to streamline things, how to make it easier and be more of a solution for people than just a product or a service, you get that return on your time, as well as what else you're doing with with your time is very important. I feel like sometimes to get away from the middle class, you have to always stay in education. You have to always be learning new methods and new concepts. So then you're able to apply those to the things that you are doing. It's You don't want to be in the darkened areas of your industry and your craft. So you always have to be working on it. So I think in order to get more time back, you have to understand that you're spending more time learning more of your craft, but then also going back and applying that exact same time. The other thing I also like that um, that you spoke about. Can you can you name number four? It was so much being said. Could you rename number four so I can finish my statement? Absolutely. Let me pull number four up. Um, so number four was extreme wealth changes people for the worse. It was number three. Is the number three? I think it was number three then. Okay. Uh, number three was getting rich isn't up to me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really not up to you. It's really up to the solution you're really solving. I think oftentimes people go into entrepreneurship and they have this idea, but that's not really what builds wealth. What builds wealth is that you're a problem solver, that you have value to a whole lot of people in different industries, not just 
um, just people that you know. A lot of people, when they first jump out in entrepreneurship, they try to sell to their friends and family versus selling to their ideal client. And because they're not selling to their ideal client, they're spending all this time not really making products and services that meet that ideal client and what they're demanding for. So I just wanted to land with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I got to say? Big facts. Yeah, jump in. Man, um, I just getting back on that um, middle class wealth trap. Um, I think a big thing that people have to realize is how willing they are to make payments on trucks, make payments on houses, make payments on credit cards, but they're not willing to invest that same amount of money into their personal development or into that new business that they're trying to start. Um, I, I've been through it myself, like. Like I said earlier, I got an 04 Grand Marquis. Like, I got three restaurants now and a food truck. My friends got drop-top Corvettes. Some of them got big trucks. I be wanting to do the same thing. But every time I go to that car dealership and they tell me it's going to be 700 a month, oh, you crazy. I, I, can, I can invest 700 a month in so many different things and not just the stock market. I can join the wealth community for a year. I think that's like $400, ain't it? Instead of, you know what I'm saying, uh... And all that truck is going to do is make me know the person at the gas station a little bit more because I'm going to be filling it up. While joining the wealth community, a one-time payment could put you in a network of people that can take you so many different places. So I think that's how you avoid that middle-class wealth trap is stop creating bills for yourself and invest in yourself instead. Can I speak to that? Absolutely. So here's the thing, right? This is, if you look at, look at it, so people go to edu do the education thing to become a professional, sometimes four years in university, right? Sometimes seven years because they go to a grad school after and then they article. So sometimes eight years, if they get a specialist as a doctor, maybe 10 years and they're paying for that for the rest of their life. Barack Obama was still paying for his education or just finished before he got to the White House. Right. I've met doctors. They're still paying their 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 thing, their med school. There's a doctor at, at dated. She was still paying for it when she was 40 something. Right. So the thing is, right, if you look at it as an entrepreneur, if if people started with, when they had their dream and they knew how to do that business, they would not spend as much. OK, if you think about that, think about it. Some people pay, send like four hundred thousand dollars under education. Right. And, and then they spend all of that time. In 10 years, if people actually concentrated $400,000 and 10 years on the side, are you trying to tell me that they wouldn't, and doing what they were called to do purposely, and like the, the sister said, or the, the person said before, after a target market, not just trying to sell their mother and their father and their uncle and their sister and their brother, which of course those people aren't going to buy from them. Like what? They're like, they saw them in their diapers. Right. But if they went after their target market and they knew how to do the business planning, I think there's seven steps. First, they have to plan the whole thing out from the beginning with the end in mind. I call it a target resume. I did mine in 1999. The second step is to start. I was doing this in the chat, but I'll just do it here. The second step is to begin your main business stream as a club. So you get the market experience and do the market testing and find your tribe and your target customer and find your partners and investors and everything. And the third step is to read good business books and get good mentors and coaches, or at least, you know, the, the training, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be books, but now there's all sorts of training online, videos, everything, YouTube, university, all of that stuff. But you also have a, need a mentor and a coach or a coach. 
could pay for a coach, but people don't pay for that. They pay for school, but they don't pay for a coach, right? They pay for university or college, but they don't pay for a coach. They pay, pay for an apprenticeship program if they're going to become a carpenter or whatever, but they don't pay for a business coach. That's why people are failing. But I won't do all the other steps now. Go on this, Jason. I'm done speaking. Well, I think, you know, I think somebody was talking about when it comes to like overhead costs, you know, as I moved into my entrepreneurship, I started looking at ways to alleviate some of that. I knew that they're always going to be constant ways that I did that is partnering with systems that I already use as well as I sell to my clients. So it made it easier to where now I'm getting paid the commission. So I'm never really paying all the expenses on my own. And I think we have to find, you know, better ways to pay for overhead costs, um, as well as looking at the numbers. Oftentimes people, when they put a product out or they put a service, they haven't really did, you know, a market analysis of where they should really, you know, put their prices at either they're under charging or they're not charging enough or they haven't calculated their expenses right. A lot of people buy a lot of fancy, you know, um, software and systems, but yet they don't know how to really use them. So they're not really utilizing them. So I think when it comes to like running your business, you always have to look at your numbers. You always have to be able to think about the future, you know, um, and what you really need. Is it maximizing your productivity or is it draining you of your time? So I think as you start moving in your entrepreneurship and really trying to alleviate, you know, most of your expenses, just try new ways to, to, to cover those expenses and not you really doing that with the operating costs. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. We're at the top of the hour, man. And listen, on this second half, man, I cannot wait to get into some of these implementation strategies. I mean, listen, we we, we got to dive deep. You know what I mean? I want to hear what we are doing to escape this thing. What are we doing to escape it? Um, how are we recognizing, um, um, you know, if we are even in the trap, right? How do we even recognize that and how do we escape it? Um, man, I, I can't wait. Dallas, man, how, how you feeling this morning, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling all the way up. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Um, this conversation, Byron, has just transcended into something beautiful, man. And I know that second hour is going to be even more powerful. Do me a favor, man, and uh, drop that beef up. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Thank you all for joining us for the first hour of Business Over Breakfast in the on the last day of May. It is May 31st, 2022, and tomorrow we're going to be just about halfway through this year of 22, and I cannot wait for the second hour. You know what happens in the second hour. Um, we dig deeper. We start peeling away the layers of the onion, and some of you will have to cry, and others of you will be able to withstand the rain, and again, I cannot wait. So do me a favor. Reach up if you have not joined the club and press on that green mansion so that you can be kept abreast and in the know of all things business over breakfast. While you're at it, I also need you to join the wealth community. There is a link in the top middle of your screen above the pictures, those three pictures in orange. Click on that link. If you have not joined the wealth community, you need to join the wealth community so that you can find out everything going on in the wealth community and also the 76 shares that will not do it i need you to press on that box with the arrow pointing upward so that you can share this in the house in the clubhouse hallways i need you to also share it on all of your social media and i also need you to share it by way of text message and also there's a pair of shears there a pair of scissors it says number six 
What that does, it clips the last 30 seconds of any conversation that we're having. So if you like something that a person is saying, why not click on that? After you hear them for 30 seconds and post that on your social media and make sure you tag the moderators along with myself and Ashley on every post that you post. That way we will try and reshare what you posted. So take a picture of the screen. Make sure you join the wealth community and also join the club by pressing on that green mansion. I have the red line of death. Hopefully you can hear me. That's it. That's all. I'm turning it back over into the hands of our man, Byron Holman. Take it away. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So listen, man, I really want to dive deep on what are we investing in to escape this trap? How are we recognizing that we're actually in the trap? Have we actually been inside of this type of trap? I know I have. You know what I'm saying? So, so I definitely want to make sure that we kind of open up space for that. Um, but Diddy, is Diddy with us right now? Yes, sir. You know, Diddy, it's funny, man, because we had it. We had, you know, I keep going back to this conversation, man, because it was a powerful conversation, very powerful conversation. And thank God that, you know, Dallas, that we can reach out to folk that are constantly, listen to me, constantly looking to level up, constantly looking to, um, 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 add levels to, to whatever they trying to do. You understand what I'm saying? In their lives. I mean, how, how valuable is that? You know, being able to surround yourself around the right tribe. I'm telling you, it is, it is, um, you, you can't, you can't put a, put a, put a dollar amount on that. You know what I'm saying? You cannot it's put invaluable. a dollar It's invaluable. Yeah. You cannot do, uh, much more than that. When you circle yourself around, I think everybody in their circle should kind of focus on being, high but at the same time being the low person on the totem pole in, in many aspects you will have a circle of people that you influence but there should be a, a group of people around you who are doing way better than you are so if you are that six-figure earner byron i just believe that you need seven-figure earners around you who without even knowing are pulling you up so that you too can be a seven-figure earner and not only are you getting what they already have the knowledge the know-how the wherewithal but you're also able to exude that through yourself and pour that into others who will travel behind you so definitely make sure your circle is uh better than you are and it will only help get you to a betterment of, of life for your own self it's a beautiful thing for sure. You know, but I got a question, man. I'm looking at uh, I was actually reading the Business Insider, right? And um, I was reading up on middle class, and they saying that you know, for one person, you know, ninety thousand dollars a year is basically you know middle class. But it seems like in today's time that that's kind of low. I just wanted to get y'all opinion on that. Do y'all think that's kind of low? I think that's kind of high. Damn, nah, that's high, bro. <laughs> I think that's kind of high for that, middle class. I think middle high, class bro. Diddy is going to be somewhere in that 70K uh, percentile. In fact, he rated early. I think so, he said. So, so y'all telling me that with the rents, the way the rents is today, 70000 is middle class? I'm yeah, but so when rents went up. It depends on your location. <laughs> Maybe we thinking about that wrong too. So I, I saw so to unpack that a little bit. Are, are you meaning like uh, what majority of people make, or are you meaning like what is like officially middle class? 
from a like from a money standpoint. Because I mean, if you're talking about official, just what what dollar amount makes you middle class? Then yeah, that may that may be the number you need to be at for for that. But as far as what the majority of people are making it with and, and, and actually making on their jobs and whatever, it's probably lower. But I mean, I know it's lower without a doubt. Seventy k ain't gonna do. Uh, in California, what it will do in Texas either. 90K is totally different depending on the demographic too, Diddy. You also said a single person. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. I'm just crunching some numbers over here, man. I like getting on that calculator, you know. I just know, you know, how much some of these things cost, man. I just know, you know, life is, life is expensive right now, man. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just over here reading. I think it really depends on your location as well. Um, different people live in different parts of the country. Like 70000 in Cali, no. You're definitely not making enough money. You ain't got enough money to breathe out there in Cali on seventy. No. You might fall in Texas on your 70 grand. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, that's, that's different, man. I, and I think I, I probably missed the... The first half a little bit because my phone died. I had to get to a charger. Uh, but I just kind of want to circle back around when you was talking about like what keeps people in the middle class and why you go to, you know, why it's probably easier to go from like poor to to wealthy or something like that, right? And and the whole time you were saying that, and I was just thinking about it. I just think like when you poor, like you know what it feels like to have nothing, and you're just not scared. And there's a lot of fear that's put in like middle class people to like keep what they got or sustain what they have or you know they too busy doing that to to realize you know that that there's other stuff out there but i think i think the the fear of losing what you do have and not maintaining and sustaining what you do have is what keeps people in middle class and poor people just be like shit i ain't got nothing to lose like <laughs> or i've been there before so if i lose it all like so what like i'm cool with that and i <laughs> i've always like for me personally on my risk tolerance, that's where it comes from. I know it because I, I know I'll be like, shit, I ain't never had it before. What's the difference? Like, or if I lose it, so what? I know how to get it back. And I know what it feels like to be at the bottom already. So what I got to lose, right? Uh, so that, that mentality will definitely get you. I think another way that people um, stay in the middle class is when they do start making money, they move their lifestyle versus moving more um, into investments that bring more sources of income. I think even when entrepreneurs start making their first profit, they don't go back into their company and revamp different things to make them more money. They move their lifestyle. They move the way they show up in the world. They, you know, they live a different lifestyle. They don't want to spend more money to learn a new craft that's going to generate more income or, you know, things of that nature. I think if more people start looking at different streams of revenue and different ways to make money um, after you make that profit, after you paid your expenses, um, and then being smart when you're investing that money, talking to your accountant, making sure that things that need to be tax write-offs are tax write-offs, making sure you're filing those things correctly. But oftentimes people want to do it on their own or they don't want to pay an accountant or they wait to the last minute um, to move as their business is growing. But I think that's the number one thing that keeps people back is they move their lifestyle. 
Yeah. I think I think I, I honestly think that's small potatoes. I think that a lot of people really like it, it's the trap the, the biggest trap is trying to keep up with the Joneses and spinning your it's just spinning money frivolously or just I, I think creating bills that you have no choice but to work to pay for. That is the biggest trap, like hands down for most people. Create I think more that's exactly what she was saying too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, somewhere, right? Yeah, for sure. No, that's exactly what I was saying. I'm saying people are not living within their means. They're like, oh, I, I now grossed a hundred k, so I should live a hundred k lifestyle. No, you should not. Facts. You know, it's funny. I, I want to go back to uh, what I was talking to to Diddy about, right? And that that whole level up thing, and you know getting you know into a space to where man we're investing our time in things that will create more time for us um basically meaning that how do we get a better return on our time that is critical right because where you focus your time is going to be critical in terms of where you um, um you know get to a space to where you can really really start infinitely increasing your income because if you're spending all of your time, literally all of your time to make, you know, a, a, a set amount of money, then it's, it's almost like you're already kind of, you know, behind the eight ball because, yeah, you, you'll have a high income. Right. But how do you grow beyond just um, uh, using just time for money? How do you grow beyond that? I think that is that is the critical thing. What are some things that you can invest your time, your energy into that will infinitely grow your income without you necessarily having to be present there? That's what I want. Yeah, that that's the thing, right? That's why it's a trap if somebody's just investing in something that will just give them a salary, right? So even if somebody has a salary. That's why they should have a different plan. And it can be different for everybody. But if people value the fact that they need to get out of exchanging time for money instead of just looking at a salary, right, then they'll be willing to spend their extra time when they have a salary investing in themselves. I think that's the first thing everybody should invest in, whether they have a salary or they work for themselves, right, is that they have a plan of investing and how they're going to stop exchanging time for money. It could be real estate. So a doctor could be doing something with real estate on the side. It could be, you know, a course. So even a doctor could be like working on a course so that they could teach other doctors. Like I've seen a doctor on this app and, you know, I won't call her out, but she does a very good job of helping other doctors with real estate investments and financial advice and everything. So on the side, if they decide to not be a doctor anymore and stop exchanging their time for money that way, they could retire at like 40 something, right? And then just manage their investments. So I think that's where it starts that people realize they have to get out of exchanging time for money. Even if their profession exchanges time for money, they could transition to teaching people in that profession and then having a course that goes on autopilot or whatever, or something like that. But if they at least realize that that's a trap exchanging time for money, then they can invest in themselves in a way to get out of doing that. And then if they lose their job, they'll be ready because they would have been investing in something else. You know what I'm saying? This is Jason. I'm done. Absolutely. You know, um, is, is, is Al on the stage? Al, you, you with us right now? Is Al with us? 
Definitely want to get Al in this conversation. Man, he's probably busy right now, but I know he's on stage. Um, but here's the deal. You know, how do we, you know, transition to making money, right, without necessarily using our time? That's what I want to deal with. What are some of the best investments, right? How are we recognizing that we need to do this, right? And what are we doing to make that happen? What are we doing to make that happen? That's what I want to deal with. Anybody? Yeah, hey, 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 let me jump in. Yeah, jump in. So one of the best investments I'll, I'll um, share with everyone is invest in others. Find others to invest in. You know, one of my best secrets, Byron, has been looking for professionals who I can actually help to do better at what they're doing. Because when you find professionals and you help, you help them to do what they're doing even better, the amount of return you're going to get from them, you wouldn't be able to afford. You wouldn't be able to afford it as an individual. So I would say the first thing is go find passionate people out there who are great at what they do, and find a way to support them. If it means you have to work for them as a mentee, go for it. If you have a product or service and you can leverage that product or service to help them grow their business, go do it. Because when they get put on and they start doing great shit, guess what? They will remember you. They will get you into the room of the right conversations. So my one contribution to the state will be go find great people and find a way to invest in them without even asking for a penny in return. Have them come back to you and say, hey, yo, how can I support you? So that's my job for the morning. Awesome. Awesome. Man, you know, I love, you know, Bri Brielle, are you with us right now? Hey, B, I got something on that topic. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I couldn't find the mute button. Yeah, that mute button be escaping us sometimes. So, so... <laughs> So real, real quick, Brielle, how did you create more time, right? Yeah. You know, how, so how, did, how did you create that? Because see, because a lot of people get confused. You know, you got to create time a lot of times, yeah. more than just the money. Let's talk about I'm, it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love passive income. I there's There's a couple things that I just think are really, really important when we look at sustainable time and sustainable passive income. What that means to me is... One, looking at, kind of like I said earlier, what are what's the skill set that you're already doing for someone else, like from a corporate perspective, and how can you freelance that for more money, right, for more income? Understanding that initially it might take a little bit more time, but you're literally buying out your job, right? You want to get to a place where you're saying, how can I not do X? And instead do why, right? And that that just gives a really sustainable uh, space. Um, number two, when we're looking at buying more time, you want to get to a place where you can say, okay, how can I afford to outsource the things that I'm doing that don't generate income, right, within my life? What am I doing that is a, um, a low income generating activity. And how can I have somebody else? How can I have somebody else do that? And so if you can find someone else to do that task at a lower wage, you've essentially bought your time back. And that's the difference, I believe, from a middle class mentality than a wealthy mentality. Because People with a little bit more money understand that the true resource is going to be time, right? So when we're looking at, does it cost more for you to wash your dishes? This is a really low, low example, but wash your dishes or have a dishwasher, right? It obviously costs 
less to have a dishwasher because you're not spending 30 minutes doing dishes. Now take that a step further and say, okay, a house cleaner, take that a step further and say, okay, an assistant who does all of your mundane tasks that you're paying $10, $15 an hour to get what you're spending four or five hours to do because you have the distractions of kids, spouses, all of these things. Could you pay a college student or someone on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, you know, $15 or $30 or $50 to get done a week's worth of tasks that you're normally spending four to five to seven hours. Now you're taking that additional seven hours that you have and you're investing it into income generating opportunities. Okay. So the reason why I didn't start with the, the things that I necessarily do, Byron, such as, um, you know, investments or real estate, uh, Airbnbs, other things is because I want people to start exactly where they're at. So if you've never gotten to the point where you said, okay, how do I retire my job? Well, though, that's how to start. That's how to start retiring your job. Start releasing the tasks that don't make you any revenue. Decide to invest in someone else to do those tasks and then take the time that you freed yourself with and start to figure out how to create income generating activities with the newfound time. Is that helpful? That was extremely helpful. And, and it was so appropriate. It was so appropriate. Uh, um, and I, I'm gonna go. Who who is that up coming up next? Is that Corey? That was Benny. Oh, Benny and Ruby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get. I gotta get Benny in there. I gotta get uh, Corey in there too. But here's the thing. You know, um, if you have a nine to five, right? If you have a nine to five, I'm 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 a strong proponent of the fact that listen. Take that nine to five and just like Brielle said, figure out ways to get some things off your list. Right. Right. You may not need to be uh, doing the dishes. You may not need to be cleaning up the house. Right. You may not need to be um, sorting through mail and and all of these kind of things when you are, are setting up schedules and all that kind of stuff. It, it may be more profitable for you to hire an assistant. Right. To take that stuff off your plate so you could be focusing on reading different books. You know what I'm saying? Taking different courses. Right. Or maybe um, um, just just taking some time to you. Right. And focusing that energy on things that you could be doing for you to help yourself level up. OK, it, it, it's a better investment. It's a better investment. So thank you so, so much for that. Brielle. I think, yeah, I think that's quick. Real quick before I know we got to go to the uh, Benny. And I was just sitting here thinking, too, uh, I think Brielle said some key things. I think a lot of times, man, you know, when people, um, you know, in the middle class, you know, they do start maybe making some, you know, some extra income or they might get a raise or so. Instead of looking at ways like Brielle was saying to try to take, you know, tasks off their hands so that way they have more time to be able to study for, you know, uh, you know, whether it's a new business, side hustle or whatever, a lot of times people... They end up getting a new car. They mm. make more money. They want to up their lifestyle. And mm. but you're not necessarily, you know, um, you know, doing the things or making the investments for you to be able to get a return or you, you know, be to be able to buy like buy like assets. A lot of times folks may get a raise, they they want to up their lifestyle, but what you want to do is you want to either create time or you want to lower your expenses so that way that you can get out of the rat race. Did so you got to pay attention to that too. I see that all time? the time, especially in our community, for sure. Did it? Ain't they kind of <laughs> selling more time when they, when they, when they, instead of investing, like, listen, instead of investing that time, um, 
and I mean, getting that time back, you giving that time away. You you literally paying. You literally getting rid of more time when you uh, increase that lifestyle, right? When you increase that lifestyle, but don't necessarily increase that 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 investment. You're 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 getting rid of time. You're doing really going further. You're, you're, you're going, going further backwards. in the hole for real, not even knowing it. Wow. Can I say something? Um, I think I like what you were saying. I think another thing that people fail to do is um, automating their business. So many people do tasks manually, even when they give it to a VA. You have to hire a VA that understands your systems. Um, the first thing I learned to do in my business was using Zapier. And with Zapier, it automated all, all parts, the admin part, the offboarding part, things that took time. And I think if people start spending more time doing that and learning how systems connect, then they're able to streamline their business a lot faster and further. I love that. You know what? Oh, I love that. That's some good stuff. Because you know what? You know what? You know what is, is critical about what she just said? Uh, and then I got, I got to get to Benny on this one uh, and then Corey. But here's the thing. That's that's another area like, you know, and it's funny, man, me and Titi was talking about this, too. It's like, how are we, you know, um, doing the things that we're already good at to the max? How are we, are we are we extracting every piece that we can from the businesses that we're already good at before we start looking at another one, before we start getting distracted on something else, before we start, um, um, um. You know, listen, sometimes you got to pull every ounce of efficiency out of the business that you're already in, out of that side hustle that you're already good at. Right. Or even out of the, the, the job that you have. Right. Or even looking at ways that you can get buy some time back. Right. You have to do you have to invest in those things. Like I'm telling you, because if you can make your employees more efficient right now, you're making more of a return on their time investment uh, just by literally making their job easier for them. A lot of times as entrepreneurs, we forget that piece. Like we, we're, we're, we're so focused on trying to make our employees work for every single dime that we could possibly get out of them instead of focusing our energy on how can we make this employee work less, right? And be more efficient with their time so they can do more and add more productivity to what they're already doing so I can get a higher ROI on their time. Baron, afterwards, I want to speak to that, but I had somebody else before me. You, you, you want to speak to that? Yeah, the root of it is confidence. It's a lack of confidence why people keep switching around and don't make what they're currently doing entrepreneurially more effective. You see some people, they'll do like seven different side hustles and none of them are successful because they're not focusing. And that has to do with confidence. And this is a double whammy from what, what people were saying before. It's a double whammy because when you lack confidence, then you try to cover it up by getting a big truck. <laughs> get in a big, nice, flashy car, and then you're enslaved to that, and then you have to make even more money, and then you're enslaved to that because you buy some flashy, you know, uh, things that looks good on the outside, look like you have a lot of money, right? It's just like a person gets a nice car instead of a house, right? And and it's kind of like the classic, you know, in in the in the video, so they look good or they get this like fifteen thousand dollar purse. I had a manager; she used to buy fifteen thousand dollar purchase. She said if it wasn't for her husband, she'd been homeless. Right. So you get that stuff that looks like you're rich, but it makes you poor. It's because you lack confidence. So you're trying to look good, more Absolutely. importantly, than be good. 
But if you know you are good because you have a plan, and even if you don't look rich now, you know you're making that investment in your dream, right? So eventually you will, could be able to retire, like, like Brielle said, but they're working that job and then spending the money to look rich yes, indeed. when they're actually poor. Yes, indeed. Jason, I'm good speaking. Yes, indeed. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, Benny, you want to go ahead and jump in? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First of all, good morning, everyone. No, it's, it's interesting. Sorry, my, I'm trying to come over, get over a cough, so I sound a little hoarse. But <clears throat> here, here's the thing, right? Like, I think many folks, um, my experience is I thought wealthy before I became, um, before I began to make more money, right? Like that middle class mindset that we have, we have to understand that a lot of that is coming from not only our parents, but what our our communities, our neighborhoods, and a lot of things have taught us to think like, right? So I knew for me why I struggled working in corporate and why I struggled working for people was because I had a I had a wealthier mindset. My I, I was always thinking, how do I make more money? How do I climb up the ladder? Um, how do I how do I hey, you know, there's a there's a need there. I can feel that. Right. And what ends up happening is <clears throat> that people end up, you know, limiting us because oftentimes they've already labeled us. Right. So there's a there's a talk that I do called lies, labels and limiting beliefs that the lies are what we believe. The labels are what are put on us and the limiting beliefs are what we say to ourselves. And so until we understand those three areas, the lies, labels and limiting beliefs about middle class. And then what does it take to reach a higher level? We're never going to break into that different mindset because you can think wealthy. I know a lot of people who, who have wealthy ideas but don't have a wealthy plan. And so the difference between having an idea and a plan is one's a fantasy and the other one is a reality. Ooh. Okay? When you shift and you move into that. So I'm going to tell you something. I have done my very best this year already, six months. I've done more in six months than I did all in the, probably the past two, three years. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm not happy. I'm not content because I still realize there's more potential to me. I still realize. And here's the thing. I don't have an employer telling me that. I don't have someone doing a review. I have a great coach that challenges me and gets in my space that I've given access to and permission to because he's a seven-figure earner. And not only that, what's important for me to do is to is to be thinking about what are all the skills that I would have wanted an employee or an employer to acknowledge that I still am not acknowledging in myself? See, because when I do that, we call that transferable skills, right? When you go from one industry to another and you take these certain skill sets, many people, when they step into entrepreneurship, forget to do transferable skills. They think they put all that stuff aside like, oh, my job gave me that. Let me tell you something. What you know is more valuable than what you do. And over the years, you have gained knowledge that school couldn't give you, that a degree couldn't give you, that, that actually failure taught you. Failure was your best teacher, right? Experience was your best teacher. And it's so important for us to know that because at 44, now finally breaking over a certain uh, income threshold, I'm realizing that's not even about, like, I'm going to make more money. But the truth is that I have to believe more in myself. So while I believe in the idea that you don't have confidence, I believe you have to build confidence and you build confidence by taking steps, taking risk and continuing to push yourself beyond your own limits because nobody's going to do it for you. 
right? This is why being in communities like this are so essential and important to your growth and success. This is why you stepping in and doing public speaking, coaching, training, going after bigger, like literally I sat with my coach last week and we were literally putting a strategy together for me to work with the real estate company. They have 1700 agents, one of the largest here in South Florida, right? And we're putting the strategy together because I see the potential in helping them become better speakers, communicators, and influencers. And we went through a whole two hour role play. Now I'm going to tell you something. I don't practice on people. I practice with my coach. The reason why I do that is because I want to be better and efficient. I want to be a beast in my market. Now, again, that's thinking wealthy. That's thinking a higher level of caliber in my mind. But if I'm not putting in the work behind the scenes, because behind the scenes is where all this happens. It's not on clubhouse. It's not in front of people. It's behind the scenes. So get get what's going on in here. Remove the lies, labels, and limiting beliefs. And what you're going to find is your true potential. And you're going to transfer those skills. And whatever industry you're doing, you're going to realize that nobody can give you what you can give yourself. So I just wanted to add that value. Hopefully that contributes to the room. I appreciate you guys. Hey, yo, Byron, this is Dallas. Can I jump in? Yeah, absolutely. I want to jump in. I want to jump back in, too. Yeah. I'm going to let you, uh, you go first. You go first, and I'll go after you. Oh, well, thank you. You're Benny, welcome. amazing share. Uh, thanks for getting on the stage. You really lit a fire. That wealth plan is extremely important, but a lot of people, that's what they have. And when they reach those goals, that's when they stop in the middle class mindset. You know, for a lot of people, the goal is to get a house, to have four kids and, and a spouse. And, and once they reach that, they've arrived and then they don't dream bigger dreams. So I think the key to getting out of that uh, middle class rut or being stuck in the middle class is to allow yourself to dream new dreams. I mean, you should really never feel like you've arrived. And this is this is it. This is the highest level you'll go. It's about having a growth mindset and a growth plan and then another plan after that and another plan after that and um i know i say it all the time but my goodness the 10x rule the book and the richest man in babylon are like my my bible for for life for growth and and development and i i went from making like sixty thousand a year as an entrepreneur thought i was doing something until i did uh, read the 10x rule and applied. I mean, it's all about application. If you're not pl- applying what you're learning, then you're going to just be stuck. You you got to have that plan and, the, and another plan after that and another plan after that. And so I went from 60,000 to 1.5 million. Now I'm looking to triple that this year because I apply the principles of the richest man in Babylon and the 10x rule. And I can't say that I get them all right all the time. There's seven principles. Diddy back me up because because I don't, I don't I'm driving. So I can't name all the principles, but they are set setting you up for continuous growth. Um, this is Joanna. I yield the mic. Can that I ask great. your mommy a question? Yeah, absolutely. Mom, not to be that girl, but did you do you think that you leveled up in business after the divorce or you were leveling up Ooh. during? Ooh. <laughs> oh, you go. Oh, we got a room coming up on that too. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, so here, here one thing um 
that I firmly believe is people don't really know their own strength until they have hit rock bottom, until their back is against the wall. And divorce really brought me down several notches to the to the point where I had to realize my own power and I had to stand within my own strength and build an empire. And so it, it's my business from when I was married and sharing a business with my ex-spouse, I mean, my business skyrocketed when I got rid of that partner, when I realized my own strength and I stood in it and I got it out the mud, basically. Man, that was deep. Ooh, that was deep. I want to piggyback on that. Um, she said a lot of a lot of things there, um, and one of them was definitely she turned her adversity into advantage. Um, there are some people right here on this stage. I hate to say this, but um, we keep it one hundred here. A lot of us are sleeping with the enemy, or in layman's term, married to the wrong person. Wake uh, it up! It. I hate to say it. It, it, it's just true. Dang, um, Dallas. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> I, I hate choosing it, it but, already. Uh, uh, but 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 everything that you want to accomplish is being sat on because the person that you are with is not your biggest motivator. You don't have a cheerleader. In fact, every vision that you want to cast is usually shot down by someone who are, who's reminding you that you may be inadequate. And um um, when, when we when we look at these things, we have to understand that there are a few things that are holding us from that 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 in in the wealth trap that are holding us in that middle class. And I believe one of them is sleep. I don't think many of us get enough sleep because our minds are always racing without a plan. Um, we have to create a vision. We have to turn adversity into advantage. Um, um, these are eight ways, um, no, seven ways to achieve greatness. Number three is uh, you have to cultivate a champion's mindset. You have to develop hustle. You have to master your body. So many people don't have exercise in place. I'm a living witness that when you are exercising on a regular basis, what you're doing for your body is the same thing you're doing for your mind. And you have to practice positive habits. And last but not least, if you don't do this, you are going to finish in last place because nobody can do it by themselves. You have to build a winning team. Get rid of, uh, start sleeping, stay away from the television. You do not have to go to the bar every weekend. You have to put application in place. And I believe, and I'm finished with this one, God blesses effort. I lay in my plane. Let's go. I want to go back to that plan piece. I want to go back to that plan piece um, because that that's critical. Um, so uh, I know that uh, Brielle, you mentioned that plan piece. Can you speak to and, and somebody else? I think uh, Benny mentioned that plan piece, too. And, and I would love to kind of pivot back to you guys on that particular topic, because here's the deal. Um, how do you get into number one, that headspace? Because, because in order to really create a plan and Joanna mentioned it too. So, so how do we get to that space to where we can create an effective plan? Right. 
right? A really, really effective plan. Where, how, from a mindset perspective, how do folk get to that particular space? I want to start it out with Brielle and, and let her t- uh, 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 jump on it. And then I want to pivot to Benny if I can. Corey, I, I don't even think I got a chance to hear from Corey yet. Uh, and I want to pivot uh, back to Joanna if I can. How do we get to that space? You know, how, how do we find that space to create that plan? Yeah, I mean, there is literally nothing more important than the plan. Uh, So just to be really clear, when we talk about how to create the plan, you're going to do two things. Um, You're going to reverse engineer. And I think somebody said a little earlier, what do you want your life to look like? So the best way, if you've never created a plan for your life um, and you don't have an exit strategy. So a lot of what we talked about earlier with corporate America, the truth really is if you're buying cars instead of investing in assets, that's because you don't have an exit strategy. You don't have a plan. You haven't made a decision that you're going to be more than because when you have a target, you hit your target. And if you don't have a target, then you wander aimlessly. So specifically to create a plan, if you've never done it before, what I would do is two things. One, I would look at something as small as six months out. I would say, okay, where do I want to be six months from now? Set a concrete number. It doesn't mean you're going to hit it or have to hit it, but set a number goal for yourself and start to look at financially, where do you want to be? Lifestyle-wise, where do you want to be? Relationships. Start to break down your life. When we talk about time management, take time to turn off the TV and just take those two hours, break down your life and say, in six months, this is where I want to be. And then go all the way out. I spent the weekend with Elena Cardone and we were talking about what that looks like to kind of oversee things. And so go all the way out, look at your life and say, what do I have to do between now and six months from now? Like, what are the steps, the actual action steps that I have to take every single day to get to that place. And when you have a clear understanding of the steps that it's actually going to take to get to that place, it's going to automatically eliminate the distractions because now you have a target and now you understand you've already planned out what it takes to get there. That's number one, right? Number one is reverse engineering and creating something strategic so that you actually have a target. Number two, guys, this one is undeniably a game changer. Um, and I, I talk about it a lot on stages. I completely believe in it, but I have coined something and it's a night ritual. So I know in a lot of other rooms, we talk about the morning ritual. Um, but you have to create a night ritual when we're talking about a plan. So the way that you do that is you script out every single night before you go to bed, what your targets and your objectives are for the next day. Now, you've already done this six-month goal. You've already created this plan for the next six months. And I know a lot of times people are like, you know, you need a one-year plan and a six-year plan. Well, if you've never started before, start at six months. Start at six months because the truth is is that your body is going to be so excited. Your brain is going to be so excited when you achieve something that the idea and the possibility of you hitting something larger is going to actually become tangible because you were able to hit that small goal. So in order to create your nighttime goals, you look at the targets that you have to hit that next day to 
again, secure that six-month goal. And the reason why you do that right before bed is it's a neurological hack, right? Your brain is going to sleep for the next six hours. Right before me, we talked about the power of sleep, right? That's what was said right before I spoke. And so your brain is going to be silent for the next six hours and your subconscious is going to take over. Well, if the last thing that you put on your subconscious in your conscious mind are these goals and these tangible targets that you have to hit tomorrow, your brain is going to start to hardwire the obligation to yourself to get those things done tomorrow, right? So a a lot of times we don't start until the morning time to say, this is what I'm going to do. Do it the night before. Give your brain six hours to work on the who's, the what's, the how's, to work out any type of problem that might arise. And you'll see the difference in the way that your neural pathways start to connect and get things done. So again, you're going to make a plan six months out and two, you're going to focus on action steps daily and create that, uh, those targets the night before. Hope that's helpful. Fire, fire, fire. You know what? What was so powerful about that? And and this is something that I do, uh, Bria. So that's that's why it's so important that you mentioned that. You know, one thing I've noticed about when you do those plans before you sleep is that a lot of time for me, for me personally, I actually sleep better when I do it that way. I actually sleep better. Yes. And the reason I sleep better is because I'm I'm my brain, I have one of them brains that just don't ever cut off Dallas. Mine it's a de-stressor. It's a de-stressor. It de-stresses sure. me because the thing about it is sometimes, you know, if you go to sleep without some kind of action plan towards your mm-hmm. goal, sometimes I can feel personally guilty. Mm-hmm. I can feel hey, Byron, I got a I got a question in there. Yeah. I, I think everybody should write on their bathroom mirror and every morning ask yourself this question. How does it feel to fail your, at your goals? I think that's a question. Mm-hmm. I think that's a question we should all ask ourselves. How does it feel to fail at your goals? And when you start thinking about that, man, you get too many in, in emotions, embarrassment, anxiety, anger, sadness, shame. All of those things follow um, because you have to have a coping mechanism with failure. And so if you ask yourself that question every single morning, how does it feel to fail at my goals? I think after that, you say your affirmations and you will be all the better. I land that plane too. Let's go. You know, I love that too, Dallas. I love that too. I, I'm loving everything so far. <laughs> but, but here's the, what I love about that piece is because what we're going to have to subscribe to the understanding of is that failure is going to be a very, uh, it's going to be a part of the mission. Yes. Okay? So so you might as well become acclimated to that particular process because that is going to be a part of the journey. And the Fail faster forward. We, and the faster we can accept that, right? The fact that's mm-hmm. going to take us further away from the middle class trap. Cuz see one one key thing in that middle class trap Dallas that I found out mm-hmm. is again and I mentioned it on, on the first half is that a lot of the middle class thinkers, right? These are your straight A students, right? They follow gotcha. every damn rule in the world, right? <laughs> they got it right. They got the A on the test. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And as a result of that, their un, their 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 comfort level with failure, the con the concept of failure is what keeps them from being uber rich because they have the intelligence in a lot of cases to be more wealthy than some of the wealthy, right? But but because right. but because they have this 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 deep visceral uh, 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 um, uh, of comfort, yeah, They're yeah, comfortable and fear of of failure, right? That mm-hmm. it blocks them from being able to take the necessary risk to, to take themselves to that next level. 
Yes, Ooh. Byron, that that was me, actually, because I got 97% in grade nine math. And my dad asked me what happened to the other three. So I got 100% in grade 10 math to make my father proud of me. So it's all about like not making mistakes, like making sure you don't take any like un, like uh, like risks that are unwise. So you will end up looking foolish. And that's what stops you from stepping out and, and actually doing something that is risky, which is starting your own business, right? Or doing something that everybody else isn't doing. So it's so comfortable. And if people pursue comfort, they'll never really be comfortable because you're pursuing comfort at the expense of being who you are and doing what you really want to do. So doing that nine to five or doing what your parents expected or what society expects or to look good. And then you end up kind of stuck. So I think that to answer your question before, how do you get to that space? Because when you're already an entrepreneur, you're used to being responsible for yourself and your results. But when you're working for a nine to five, it's, I think it's who you wit. It, because the thing is, if you wake up and a person beside you is saying, you better go to work, you better not do that. You better not do that. Like, this is what's expected. Oh, don't step out on that. I met so many people that they want to do some kind of thing on their own, but they're like, oh, uh, the person I'm with, they don't Ooh. think it's a good risk, Ooh. right? I choose they, they, they don't think, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm, I know it's easy for me to say because I broke up with those people. But uh, what I'm saying is it, it's true because I remember when my dream was just my queen when it was, this was a long time ago, I just met somebody and I was like, she is amazing. I thought it was just, and she was a lawyer, right? This was way back in the day. So nobody recently, okay? This was like uh, 2000 and a little bit, right? Like yeah. I think I, I wanna, so I, it, it just stopped me. It just stopped me because all my dream was that person. It wasn't anything for myself. I'm done. No, I love it. I love it. I want to get back to this plan though. I got to get back to this plan. Um, yeah. Because this is important, Benny. Uh, can can you share that that mindset on that plan piece? I gotta get that that mindset because I know that you, um, I know that you got your coach right, and you was able to kind of you know pick up some things from that. But can you can you walk me through how did you get into that space to be able to create that plan, and what is that plan? Um, um, how did how is that plan working out for you? Yeah, no, thanks, Byron, and um, you know there. I remember uh, back, I would say, in early 2000, uh, my, I started my, my, my career. Uh, it was more in ministry, right? And I remember I was sitting in, in Bible college, and my professor said, there's three ways to build a kingdom. You establish it, you expand it, and then you extend it. Please write that down. I'm going to tell you something. That is a spiritual principle that has massive application. First, you establish it, you expand it, and then you extend it. I remember hearing that model. And when I stepped into entrepreneurship, I felt like God reminded me. I was like, how am I going to build this kingdom that I'm supposed to build? How am I supposed to build this empire? How am I supposed to, you know, uh, how am I supposed to govern community and a tribe and, and, and people? And he said, establish, expand, extend. And so let me talk about what establishment is. Establishment is where you are currently at. What is grounded? What is foundation? Now, for many of you, you, you because a lot of people in this room are in the real estate space and in the, in the development space, how important is building a foundation? It is everything. The foundation you can build upon, and you and I know that the foundation takes the most time. So what ends up happening is that oftentimes people want to rush and expand and extend, and they're not even established. They haven't even put together not only a strategy, they've not even put together, nobody knows who they are. 
And not only nobody knows who they are, they don't even know who they are. And so the first thing you have to do is you have to establish what is the thing that I'm going to do now. Now, I'm not saying that's that's going to be the only thing you're going to do forever. But what happens is that we have a lot of people who are master of uh, who are a jack of all trades and a master of none. They're all over the place. This is why they hire guys like me to help them coach them and bring more clarity and focus so that they can actually build something that is strategic, that is practical, and that's mon- that they can actually monetize. And so I think the first thing you got to do is you got to establish yourself. The second thing you got to do is you got to get to a point and saying, okay, usually I think establishment phases can go between two to five years. Okay. I think after that, you have to start thinking, how do I expand? Now that may be new opportunities, new ventures. You may be thinking, how do I extend vertically or laterally, right? Do I, do I grow wide or do I grow deep or do I go higher? Those are ways you have to look at, at how you're going to grow. Because here's the thing, when you start to realize all the gifts, the talents and the abilities that are in you, nobody has enough money to pay you for that. Nobody has enough money to pay you for that. It is, that's why I keep telling people, what are the things that you are great at? What are you good at? And where do you need to grow? Those are three ways. When I'm coaching, I'm looking for those areas because a lot of people are trying to perfect areas that they're not good at instead of focusing on the areas that they're great at. And I think when they do that, they end up, then they start to need to realize where do I need to outsource? Where do I need to grow? Right? Where do I need to get some support? Then we go to that place of extension. I'm not in the extension phase right now. I'll be honest with you. I'm in the expansion phase. What I'm going to be doing this next year in 2023 to launch my Speak More Summit, and I've gotten on the phone with people and looking for sponsors, I'm expanding from uh, from a message that I got on Speak More, on how to actually communicate effectively, reach your audience, grow your influence, and speak with confidence. But now we're building a summit. Now I'm having conversations with people in Dubai about what does that look like in two years from now to then extend it beyond just where I'm locally at here in the United States. These are areas that I'm constantly growing in. So when I'm looking at the strategy, understand that this is changing the way I deliver products, programs, and services. This changes the way that I'm going to put out my book. This changes the way that I'm possibly looking at possible NFTs. Now, now I may not roll all these out. But I have to understand that if my mind doesn't expand beyond what I've established, then I'll never be able to extend to a world that has that needs to hear what I have to say. And now, so that's the first thing. I got to believe that what I have to say has value, that people need to hear it, and that it solves a problem. So those are the three phases. If you're going to develop a plan, ask yourself, am I trying to expand right now, but yet I'm just getting myself established? Am I trying to extend, but I haven't even expanded, even I haven't gone up a little a higher gone down a little deeper. So sometimes what ends up happening is, and this is where we end up burning through money, we end up burning through resources and people, places, and things because we don't have a good strategy on how to move from the established expansion and extension phase. Well, let me find out. Well, let me find out. Oh my God, this is great. This is awesome. Um, I I definitely got, I got to, yeah, yeah. Who's that? Who's that? Corey, Corey. Oh yeah, I gotta get Corey. But Corey, I, I gotta get you in. I want is it Joanna in right now? Because I gotta get Corey in. Um, but I want to go through these plans real, real quick. I got, I gotta get through these plans. If if Joanna's available, is Joanna available? 
I am. I, I got the red bar. Can you hear me though? I hear you. I hear you. I just, I just right. real, real All quick. Right. How did you get to that plan? What, what was, what was that like? What was that mindset like? Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. So I knew that what I had was not enough. I knew that I had more. And so, um, I had to really set aside time for just me. And I think a lot of people really need to get more into the practice of spending time alone and being with your own thoughts and, and not being influenced by anything else. I cut out TV completely. I didn't watch any TV. That was a distraction. And I took a full weekend with no kids, just me, some uh, paper, computers, I had poster board, and I said, okay, I'm going to map this out, how I'm going to uh, achieve my goals. And so I started, I looked at what I could already do. I knew how much money I could already make, and I knew exactly how to make it. Okay, I know how to do that. But how can I dig deeper? Where can I dig deeper? And how much money would what that makes. So I took a full weekend and I wrote it out. Okay, I have this gift. I have this ability. I have this gift also. I have this network. And what can all of those things together do for me? So first I had to realize where I've actually, where I'd actually had success and, and follow that path for a bit. And I looked at the success that I'd made, I patted myself on the back and I was like, okay, okay, you're capable of this. And, and now, you know, let's dig deeper. What's, what's, what else is out there for you? So then I started writing it out. Okay. I, I'm a, I can speak. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at teaching. I'm good at uh, rehabbing. I can wholesale. I can buy rentals. You know, what are my long-term goals? And what are my short-term goals? And I wrote it all out. And then I started attaching a number to it. Okay, so on average, at that point, I was probably making thirty to 40000 per rehab. So um, if I had only, maybe at that point, I was doing like four rehabs a year. So I could calculate what the profit of that was. Now, how could I do more rehabs? Obviously, I would need more money. So then I started making a plan of how to get more money to buy more rehab projects and pay for the rehabs and how what marketing was actually working so that I could bring in more rehab projects. Who could I network with to bring me referrals? How can I use the success I already had to increase uh, my number of lenders, private lenders, hard money lenders? How could I use my current success to also market to people that may not know where to go to sell their house? And so I put this elaborate plan together. And at that point, I was making like six so when I mapped all of this out and the profit that it could bring me from all of the buckets of gifts that I have, I came up with, okay, if I, if I implement this plan, I'll make $700,000 this year. If I implement it, I got excited about that because that's a long way from 60,000. So I put my head down and I got busy working. And when I had lifted my head up by the end of the year, I'd made $1.5 million. And, <laughs> and didn't Ooh, even we, have a clue. 
didn't even have a clue that I had even gotten that close or surpassed my goal because I was just working the plan. The middle. Wow. wow. You know, um, listen, if you didn't clip that, then you crazy as hell. I, I do I just want to make sure. <laughs> Hey, listen, you heard, you, you heard the a, same thing a, I heard, Dallas? Man, that was a situation right there, man. Bars. See, and the reason I wanted to stick to those plans, Dallas, is because that is that is the crypt, that see, that's the kryptonite. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you don't have an effective plan, what happens is, see, and it was so critical, Benny that's said. That's what we were talking about yesterday, Byron. You see what I'm talking about, Diddy? You will waste money, right? Because you're going to be distracted. You're going to, all of your, uh, uh, see, when you, when you, when you, when you focus, you have a plan, you have alignment, okay? You have alignment. Alignment is powerful because inside of alignment, you can divert every piece of your 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 um your unmitigated effort into that particular direction. Absolutely. So you, you talk about that right there, Byron. You, you understand said, what I'm saying? You said wasting. And I don't think many people are reminded enough on what they're wasting. So if you get a chance, man, let's let's address that, you know, because there's a lot of things we need to stop wasting. Time is one of them, but a lot of money on every new shiny object or app or program or this, that, and the other. That's crazy. Alignment. You see, if you don't have a plan, it's impossible to have alignment. Okay. If you don't have alignment, you're going to waste money, resources, time. And it's not just the money piece, but the time is probably 10 times more valuable because what's going to happen, Dallas, if you don't have alignment, and purpose, you're mm -hmm. going to be distracted with everybody else's vision, with everybody else's thing that they got, they, they pulling you into, whether you subconsciously uh, acknowledge it or, or if it's just a, a subconscious uh, uh, non-acknowledgement, you're going to be pulled away from your vision or the non-vision and you're going to be building everybody else's vision. Okay. And you're going to be outside of alignment on what you need to be focusing every ounce of your energy on. It's, this is critical. Listen, those plans are critical. Good God Almighty. Man, it's been fire, You know it's too, top man. of the hour right don't even now. Have goals. Say that again, Diddy. A lot of people don't even have goals to, to have a plan. Yeah, you got to write it down, man. Hey, uh, B, we at the top of the hour, man. Let's kick it back off. You ready? I'm ready. Hey man, go ahead and drop that beat. Let's go, let's go. I need everybody right now because this conversation is such fire. I need to see fire emojis in the chat. Let's go. Drop those fire emojis in the chat. For those of you who have not joined the club, I need you to do so and I need you to do it now by pressing on that green mansion at the top of your screen so that you can be kept abreast and in the know of all things business over breakfast. And while you're at it, please don't go anywhere. I need you to share the room. I need you to share the room like you have lost your mind. I need you to do so by pressing on that box where the arrow is pointing upward. We have 125 shares but 424 people in the room that's not 50 percent i need everybody right now who will not allow any stingy energy to Infect dwell in your bones i need you to share 
this right now. So, man, it's fire here right now, Byron. I just can't get over it, man. And I also need you to clip it. We got 58 so far clippings of the last 30 seconds of whatever has been said and share that on your social media. So share it by using the arrow in the box on in the clubhouse hallways on your social media as well as through text messaging and we gonna get back to this conversation how to avoid the middle class wealth trap and it's about to go nowhere but up from here let's go back into the hands of Byron Holman let's go B first of all first of all we got Dr. O in the building uh oh that's that's something Something is about to go down. <laughs> we about to get that vocabulary, Byron. We about to get that vocabulary. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. So every night I love it when she dropped it out there. You know? Yes, sir. <laughs> but listen, I want to go ahead and pivot to Corey because I think Corey finna drop something on us. You understand what I'm saying? I, I definitely got to get get him in here. Uh, Corey, where you at with it, man? Let's let's talk about it. Can you hear me? Yeah. Man, uh, first off, uh, I want to say, man, from two weeks ago where I was afraid to even speak in Clubhouse to now where I'm literally itching Byron, I, I feel like I got connected to So thank you, O, for giving me that opportunity, and I'm glad to be here. I got to go to what Benny said about establish, expand, and extend. And before I go into that, I need everybody to go get the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Um, and it's it's a, it's a book my mom gave to me right when I told her I was about to start my small business. And it's all about how to take yourself from being an operator of your business into being an owner and how there's different uh, levels to that. And going off those plans you were talking about, Byron, I literally planned my entire business structure off of this book and the things he was talking about. So if I can give a personal testimony, uh, when we first started, um, we couldn't even pay ourselves. Like we were cooking in our backyard. We all had different jobs. We were working at cricket. I was working at cricket, making $10 an hour. And I heard somebody say something about opportunity costs. So I had to convince my uh, partners that the opportunity cost, you know what I'm saying, was greater with us working at our small time jobs instead of all of us quitting and dedicating it completely to building our business. We were getting paid $10 an hour at our job, vice versa, but I had a vision and a plan that if we quit our jobs and really hunker down on this business, that we will be able to eventually pay ourselves way more than that. And so we were in that established phase, Benny, where we were just in our backyard cooking, trying to get customer base. And then when the business made enough money to pay ourselves, we had a choice to make. We could have chose lifestyle or we could choose longevity. All right. I could have paid myself more money or I could have chose to invest that money into my business so that it could continue to grow and it could continue to give us the opportunity to earn more money in the future. So finally, after two years, when we first got our brick and mortar location, um, we were able to start paying ourselves a salary. All right. At that time, we had one location and we had a food truck. It was that year that I made my first million in business, all right? Million dollars annually. And that's because we paid everybody else before we paid ourselves, all right? I didn't pay myself for two years straight. My business partners, we didn't pay ourselves for two years straight. And then because of that, we were able to build our business to gross in $1 million annually, all right? And now I feel like I'm in that expand phase, Benny. So to grow past that, we had another choice. After we had our first location in the food truck, we could either control everything that was going on in our business or we can cooperate with the people we were hiring and the people we were giving opportunities to make our business grow. All right. So we started off with just us four. We weren't even able to pay ourselves. Now we have over 50 employees and 
our payroll, we pay over $600,000 a year in payroll. All right, over $600,000 a year in payroll. And that's because we're building that team y'all are talking about to actually be able to help us grow. All right, I have employees right now who make almost as much as me on a salary basis, uh, on a salary basis. And I haven't had a pay raise in four years. But because I haven't had a pay raise in four years, because I got other people on my team who make almost as much as me, that gives me the freedom to make bigger business moves, such as going to that national restaurant um, conference in Chicago I just came from. Um, we just won small business um, of the year for 2022 um, because we were doing all of these programs with the SBA and everything. I could have never did that if I was an operator of my business and I was actually working inside of it, cooking every day. But because I trusted in other people to take over the operation, that freed us the time to actually be able to participate in all of those things. So now, because we made those sacrifices, our business is grossing $3 million a year annually, and I don't got to lift a single finger in order for that to happen. I can go on vacation for two weeks if I want to, and the operations are still going to run just like that. That's and, a real business, Corey. That's right. Shit. Right. And that's and, and, and look, the whole reason I'm in this podcast is because I'm on Instagram. I see, oh. He flipping houses. He getting his real estate bag. I'm like, dog, it look like he, you know, it look like he having fun. I want to get in my bag too. But I had to understand that it's a season for everything. All right. And I'm in that expand phase that Benny, Benny was talking about, but I'm trying to get to that extend phase that he was talking about. And that's when we can start franchising this business. So if I franchise this business nationwide, I'll be able to have the capital to flip all the houses I want to. You get what I'm saying at that point? I would have been, been a sponge around Byron. I would have been a sponge around O'Neill. I would have been a sponge to this B.O.B. podcast. So by that time, I'll be an expert and I'll have all the information that I need. So I encourage everybody to go get that e-myth. I encourage everybody to make those sacrifices to make the business bigger for the future. And I encourage everybody, like they said, to have that plan and work on that mindset. And then one last thing. Yes, very important. Your physical activity, your morning routine, your night routine. Look, y'all can go check my Instagram. Like, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm working out at 5 a.m. And then I don't have to be here. Like I said, I got people who run my admin office. But I try to make sure I'm the first one in the office every day just to keep motivating my team. All right, that's all I got to say. Hold on one second. I just want to say one thing, man. I've been at that damn restaurant. You know what I'm saying? And um, listen to me. If anybody can franchise that son of gun. He can franchise that. Let me tell you something. That food was not regular. That food was phenomenal. Listen to me. I that, appreciate that. No, no, that ain't even no compliment. That's just the truth. Listen to me. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to tell the truth. That ain't even no compliment. Listen, I will drive. Listen, listen to me. I will drive specifically out there just to get get, get some of that chicken that you had over there, brother. I'm just saying, respectfully. <laughs> that was some good ass. Hey, everybody go follow at EKOK underscore. That's the name of the restaurant if y'all want to follow what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. That shit was phenomenal. I'm just saying. Where where Where's the restaurant at, B? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm proud because I, I went and clicked on Corey profile and I see you know, the uh, from the same frat. So, new, keep achieving, Noob. I Let like that. Go, I like Noob. that a lot, yo. <laughs> I like that a lot, yo. You know? I, I I need to know where that restaurant at though, because you know your boy likes to eat. B. Well, where, where that restaurant at? Corey? We in Lafayette, Louisiana, right now. We'll be expanding to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, by September. 
Um, we got a couple other locations in smaller towns like Franklin, but we pretty much centered in Louisiana right now, trying to grow it to a nationwide business. Mm, you ain't come to H Town, babe. I'm gonna have to flip the uh, Lafayette just Look, to check you out. I go to H Town all the time for market research, and trust me, when we hit H Town, the whole world gonna know. Let me explain something to you. You, you, get, you, you, you might have your, you might have your, your first franchise on. I mean, franchisee. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm like, in the chat. Let yeah, me I knew Al was hey, about to say that. I knew Al. Al. <laughs> I knew Al was about to say that. Hands down. Listen, I knew hey, Al. We put one of them sun guns over there off of that uh, emancipation. Somewhere, what you think gonna go down? Yeah, I like that. You know, I like that a lot. What, what you, yeah. you know, they gonna they gonna contribute over there. You understand what I'm talking about? Yes, they yes, they yes, understand yes, the assignment yes, when you are. get some good chicken over there on emancipation somewhere. You know, I'm just yes, respectfully. <laughs> Byron, I need one here in Atlanta, man. I that need part. Hey, I want here on that franchise in Houston. Ooh. We got to bring it to Dallas too. Don't play. Ooh, Don't play. Ooh, you know it's a lot of money on the stage right now, Corey. I'm just saying, man. We talking about Let's it, but go. I'm just saying it can happen. I see that. I see that. Yeah, we make that, 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 that Clubhouse Club Houston franchise. I'm just yeah. saying it can, can I, happen. Can I speak a little bit about? Can I speak a little bit about mindset? If you don't yeah, mind, let's, let's, let's 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 dive deep. Let's go with it. Let's go with it, Al. Yeah, man. I, I want to talk about a. Uh, a middle-income mindset versus a millionaire mindset. Because I think that's really, really important. And I think Corey and Noop, I just met you, so I m much respect. Uh, you know, he, he kind of, not kind of, he did allude to that. So a middle-income mindset is when you're fighting for, when you're working more overtime hours. When you are fighting for that merit increase, right? When you are taking on more projects to get the next promotion opportunity. Now, it's nothing wrong with that. I don't want anyone to think that I'm talking down because that's not the point I'm trying to make here. If you're doing that for a season and you're doing that to, to get yourself more income to invest for yourself, then it makes sense. But if you're just doing it for more money and you're not working to learn, you, you're making a lifelong partnership with Uncle Sam who's going to control, you know, that they're going to take a big piece of those extra hours you're working for somebody else. Now, now the millionaire mindset is completely different. They're not working to earn. Millionaires work to learn. Okay? They know the difference between an asset and a liability. Millionaires, or I'll just say wealthy people, because obviously it's levels to it, right? Wealthy people care about their time more so than what something costs. They don't ask how much something costs. They ask how much time is it going to take me. They want to invest in things that yield them income, so they work less and work less and work less until they eventually have the option of not working anymore. And so Corey alluded to this because he could have thought like the middle, you know, uh, the, the middle income. Hey, let me just keep working at Crooked. Let me just work more overtime hours. Let me use that to to to, to pay on my business. But he said no. Nah. I'm going to invest more time into the business because one, I believe in my vision. Two, it's going to pay dividends, which obviously it has. He went from I don't know what he started off in revenue to doing over three million dollars in revenue, and that's that that's a that's that's a nice size small business. So, uh, so kudos to you on that, right? That what we need to understand is that if your income does not work for you, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in the market, whether it's in dividend pants stocks, whether you are lending money on notes and getting interest off of that, 
if your money's not your employee, you're going to spend your entirety of your life working for money versus versus it working for you. And that is the most important thing when we're trying to transition from the middle income, lower income to either being a millionaire or just being wealthy and having and wealthy doesn't mean just a shit ton of money. It just means a quality of life to where you're not pressed to pay your bills. Your assets are paying it for you and you have the freedom to spend time with your loved ones. You have the freedom to invest in your charities, whether it's monetarily or with time. You you know, you, you grow up with God. It, it's, you have the freedom to do what, what you choose and what you please. So I'm hoping it helps somebody understanding the difference between the two because that's really, really important. And I think a lot of people that are more intelligent than me on the stage has given a lot of meat when it comes to the uh, the application or the implementation of strategy to go from being middle income to being wealthy. We just got to have the right mindset so that we can be properly in place to make that, make, excuse me, make that happen. So back to you, B. You know, you oh, said you, you said something real critical. Uh, you mentioned that overtime piece. I think that over that's a trap too. That overtime trap. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and so that's Ooh. a trap, right? And then when you overtime, couple, yeah, And when you couple that with not focusing on right, um, um, getting your time back, you got to buy that time back. That time piece. Can can you speak to that piece right there? Just yeah. buying that time back out. Yeah, I mean it. You, you, you can't buy your time back when you're just working to earn because then you don't have the right mindset. You're just working to get more money, which means mathematically, you know, there's only so much time in the day. And if you're just working and trading your time for dollars, then you're going to lose that race every single day, period. So when we're fighting to get our time back, it's, it's, it's we got to fight for assets versus the pay increase. You have to. Okay. I don't care if you get equity in a deal because you found it. Uh, 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 you know, it don't even matter. When you collaborate with people that is fighting for assets, eventually you're going to get into owning some of those assets, right? And I think, you know, I got a lot of respect for Uncle Al. I mean, hey, he started getting assets by being in the service. He just said, man, I'll work for free. He didn't ask for, for no income. I'll work for free if you teach me how to develop. And obviously, when you start developing and you. <laughs> That's a whole different level of money, but now you didn't really gain your time back. So working to learn, collaborating with people that can help you get into owning some assets, and every income that you're not trading time for dollar, it matter. It helps. And that income is what gets you your time back is because you're not punching the clock to get it. You're not asking for overtime. You're asking for assets that's going to pay you way more than overtime uh, uh, <laughs> throughout time. That makes sense. Wow. You know, since we got Uncle Al in, in, in the building, Alvin, you in the building right now? Is Alvin in the building? You may not even be here. Can I chime in on that real quick? Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Jump in. Jump in. <laughs> yeah, Al made a great point. He said assets. Just wanted to know it could be assets or, uh, or, 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 can't talk, an ownership stake in whatever entity that is because then you're in that passive income stream and you get to talking about different income buckets and the passive income buckets versus the active ones you keep a lot more of your money just by not giving it away to uncle sam so i'd say asset ownership or you know a piece of a deal where that money's coming in in that different passive income stream mm. can you speak yeah. to that piece of a deal situation yeah who, who is that speaking 
Yeah, can can you speak to that piece of a deal situation, Malachi? Because I, I think a lot of people may may not understand that that whole how, the way that worked. So, say for example, when Corey comes down to open this franchise with me, uh, with me, Al, and Uncle Alvin. Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. You, so you just uh, gonna leave me out? All right, all right. And, I, see we, I see what kind of games we playing. When Corey comes down and opens this this establishment with all the all the Houston people in the room, you know, I can just say I, I want you know put up some money for that and get a five percent, ten percent, fifteen percent equity return, like a piece of the deal. So the money that comes in to me is passive, not active. So I'm not working hard for it. It's in a different bucket of income where the government's only going to tax a certain percentage of that. Uh, so I'm in on the deal. I put my money up on the table or sometimes my time in exchange for a piece of the deal. Uh, so I, I might not necessarily own a physical asset, but I own a piece of that business and I get a return for that, yeah, which is taxed at a lower rate. Ooh. Is Alvin with us? Is Alvin back? I'm in, Byron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump, jump in, Marat. Yeah, what's going on? I just want to give everybody a shout out this morning over here on, on Business Over Breakfast because the entrepreneurs, everybody's building their business, taking action. You are gladiators. You know, we are gladiators. It takes somebody with a strong mind who's going to forego pain themselves for a period of time to build their business, build their vision and, and, you know, take charge of their life. I'll say like with me in real estate, when you go through real estate school, they tell you, Oh, well make sure you have six months of savings. Cause you, you're going to go six months without, without a paycheck. Shoot, man. I went like five years without with being in the red, you know, <laughs> like, so I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Six months. Shit, you know, it's hard. This is a tough business and, and you got to keep going. And and for you to take on the burden of hiring people and making sure they have their paycheck is going to hit on Monday and you might not pay yourself. You a gladiator, man. You, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to give everybody a shout out. And when you taking on that that risk and and just for that vision that you have and for what you want to build for your life and for your family, I want to congratulate you and, and just say big shout out to everybody on here and keep the faith. And some of you building your business is not there yet. Just keep on going. You don't give up. If you never quit, you will not fail. And that's what I got to say. And with that, I'm out of here. I'm just much saying. love, Byron. Hey. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Who was that? Did you want to jump in? I think it was a lady. Hey, else as well. Yeah, jump in, jump in, jump in. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited. I promised I would start doing better because the principal got on me about not coming to BOB. That so part. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Be a woman of your word, especially when the whole world is watching. So listen, um, when we when we're thinking about like when people ask me questions like Dr. O, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, that's a trap. Whatever you say after that. <laughs> Whatever you say after that, when people ask you, what do you do? Right. After as soon as whatever you say you do, uh, pretty much that's how they're going to see you or how they receive you. Right. And so for me, I've learned to say 100 percent of my time is spent freeing up my time. 
Then when people ask me those questions, because a lot of times it's our words that get us into the trap, along with obviously the mindset that Al was talking about, the mentality that the uh, Corey was talking about. His mentality is dope. And thank God for good mothers. Thank God for good people and leaders in our lives. And Michael E. Gerber, I know him personally. Thank God for whoever, right? The All the aboves. But at the end of the day, no matter how great they are, your name is being great. Your name is supposed to be great as well, right? So you still have to do the work. So when we're doing the work, Thinking from the perspective, y'all know me and my words, right? I'm going to keep it simple today. It's just going to be proper. That's my word for the day is proper. But when you're thinking about the proper way to think about your life, when you can consider, and this isn't for everybody, this is what Dr. O says out of her mouth now, because I don't want to get in any trap. I don't care what kind of trap it is. A hundred percent of my time is spent freeing up my time. Just saying that oftentimes makes me remember when people are wasting my time, playing games with my time, or I'm playing with myself. So 100% of my time is freeing up my time. And what that really means is when we're thinking about the middle class, we're thinking anywhere between 52K a year to about 130K a year. That's typically going to be your middle class people, according to finance, research, peer research, things like that. But what I've considered the middle class, honestly, they are the backbone to our culture, no different than um, to our society, rather, no different than um, the people that are doing small businesses. Without small businesses, we wouldn't really be flourishing as a nation. And so I think of them the same way I think of a small business, meaning that they are being used by the poor and they're being used by the wealth. The wealthy are using the middle class to get their get their lives taken care of. And so that's a very tricky situation to be in. So if you don't want to get in the trap, then you've got to ask yourself, how do I get above my income? And a lot of these gentlemen have told you franchise investments, assets, uh, what we call passive income, streams of income working, basically breaking that curse of the, of the middle class. Meaning I don't want to be a slave to the poor and I don't want to be a slave to the rich. So you've got to know your numbers. And a lot of people don't even know what middle class means, right? So it's not just finance. It's your economic status. It's your mindset. It's where you live, unfortunately. It's your zip code. It's what you do in the country. It's a lot of stuff. The middle class is not just about how much money you make. It's about literally being pushed inside of a classroom as if you're in the eighth grade. So if you are a senior and somebody tells you to go to the eighth grade, you're going to be embarrassed. Because you know you don't belong in the eighth grade anymore. So when we say class, we're really talking about a whole economic, socioeconomic structure. So just keep that in mind. And then when we're talking about like actually 100% of my time freeing up my time, we're talking about money making money for money, right? Compounding interest, automation, investing in assets, and then time making time for time. Literally, everywhere I go, I'm recruiting somebody to free up my time. Whether it be a baby, a dog, or a cat, can it free up my time? Then it comes to my inner circle. Just come on over here. Anything that's freeing up my time, I'm always looking. If I'm on vacation, I want more time. If I'm talking to people, are they giving me more time? Being here on B.O.B. is doing what? Freeing up your time. Why? Because you're getting educated about stuff. No stingy energy is blessing you with million, billion, trillion dollar information, literally. And if you calculated the time that these brothers put into this platform, you are literally building out 
the way to free up your time, the way to actually get investments. And also your relationships need to be making relationships for your relationships. Don't have people around you not expanding. And also don't have people around you who you're not helping to expand and they're not helping to expand you. If you can simply start to monitor that and manage that the best way you know how, start with the smallest of steps, crawl if you have to. I don't care if you have to scoot. <laughs> please, please overstand to keep moving forward that way. All right. So I just want to talk about 100% of your time needs to be freeing up your time. And sometimes adopting that mentality will start to break all those other things down and you won't get caught up into any traps, no traps. OK, so I just want to bless you all with that. And I'm here. I'll be in the comments and I'll post what I stated in the comments as well. Bars, 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 bars. What's taking place today? Uh, uh, what's going on, Dallas? What's hey, that? man. <laughs> bars, bars, bars. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm just, I mean, what, what is what is taking place, man? We got we got Forbes in the building. You understand what I'm saying? What's going on, Forbes? You doing all right? You know what I'm saying? We got we got Victoria in the building, Jackie. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, what's going on? What what you think about that that time situation, Doc, uh, Dr. Forbes? What you think about well, that? Well, good morning, everybody. I am loving this room. You know, I, I taught a class last night. I started teaching, but I'll tell you why. Because sometimes when you get to a certain level, you forget where everybody else is. And I was just talking to my, my students and I said, you know, when I'm on a summit, I am I've got a little bit of ADHD. So I'm looking around and I'm going to Facebook your names, right? Just because. And I had people say, I don't do Facebook. And I said, no, you don't understand. Part of what you have to understand as a business owner is your customer journey. They're going to find you where they find you. And there is digital real estate everywhere that so many of you are not taking advantage of. Let me share something. I just went through a whole bunch of your profiles. What? Forbes Rise, looking at my profile. How many of you don't have a link to Instagram? I got to tell you, you are blowing the, it's free, digital real estate. And so while I also own some real real estate, I love the woman who spoke a little while ago, I'm always recruiting people. I will tell you what, when you get this bug, when this entrepreneurial thing is planted in your ear, you better beware. You better get down on your knees and make a little pact with the universe that says, okay, I hear it, but it's asking me to invest some serious time. I hang out with the Grant Cardones and Kevin Harrington's and Byron's of the world. And none of us are overnight successes. It doesn't exist. And so if you are prepared to put in some time, like the gentleman who said he went five years before paying himself, that is not unusual. But I promise you, I personally have never had a job. I don't work for anyone else. I never have. I've been scrapping my whole life. I made my first million at 27. I started a very unique company delivering singing and stripping telegrams. That's a whole nother room one day. But I've always managed to create wealth and understand that. And when I didn't know how to do it, I aligned with people who could do it better. That's why you're in this room this morning. By the way, if my voice sounds familiar, I spent most of my 30s and 40s selling products via infomercials. For those of you who are young and that was on a television, it's a 30 minute commercial understanding how to pitch people. And that's what I do now. I teach and coach people how to pitch, how to enroll. Byron, you are a master at this. And when you when you see masters, my advice, sit at their feet with open ears, close your mouth, listen and learn, and then you must practice. So that's pretty much my two cents, Mr. Byron, this morning. Thanks. Send in love. But I don't want to roll into how to fit. Byron. He said the Byrons of the world. Yeah, I Get was like, forth. yo, like, wait a Get minute. That, 
Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I, I was like, damn, how, how, how I get that line. mix? But that I love it. You that's know, the upper echelon. Yeah, that's that's different. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you. Grant deserve Cardone. it. Just receive it. Just yeah, pick I'm it gonna, up. I'm just gonna receive yeah. it. I'm gonna receive it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna receive it. Dubbed by the yeah. great Forbes Riley. I need to check out one of them Forbes Riley uh, pitch courses too, man. You know what I'm saying? Because see that pitch course. You know that's that. You know that's where I'm headed, man. I'm, I'm trying to pitch some big deals. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yo, to, B, if I say one more thing before I hop off, yeah, jump in, man, Doctor O. I know you 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 said it in the comments, but I just want to share this with everybody. That rule of thirds, you three people away from anybody you want to meet in life. If I didn't hop on this clubhouse, I would have never even had that opportunity to meet Doctor O and possibly, you know, meet Michael Gerber. That's huge, y'all. So network, get out Ain't there. No you never know. I meet. said you will. Now, man, stop. let's do it. Damn I'm too excited. <laughs> That'll be one of the biggest days of my life. I'm telling you, he's so inspirational to me. Let's go. I gotta get on, y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Hey, Corey. Corey, before you leave, this is Kelly. I just wanted to tell you, reach out to Kika, the franchisor. She uh, will definitely help um, yes, franchise out your business. Yes, ma'am. Man, look, I don't, I don't know what took place today, man. But y'all was on fire today, man. Y'all, hey, man, yeah, y'all got hit with that bug. For sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what was going on today, Dallas? Hey, man, I don't know, but it must have been something over that weekend water, that Memorial Day water or something, man. Yeah. It, it got crazy in here, bro. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that, that's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> man, we ready to turn up the second half of the year. How about that? That yes, part. sir. Yes. And I, I called on you too, uh, uh, Al. You know, I guess you was busy, you know what I'm saying? But I really wanted yeah. you to touch on that uh on that on how you got into that development space just so people because i think when you when you when you talk to people about servant leadership and serving your way into success a lot of people they frown up they look they look sideways or they don't understand it they don't understand that concept um and i really wanted you to touch on that if you can like what was that like when you made that transition you know we're real quick i know we're getting ready to close the room but if you can give us a little gem on that um um uh, if you don't mind no don't mind at all man so the serving part uh byron byron came because i knew that the gentleman that i was serving had something that i needed right so it's it's kind of like me looking at Grant, knowing that he's got something I need. So what do I need to do to get in his presence more? So Grant don't need no volunteers, but this guy did take a volunteer. So that serving part was really, really critical. And then transitioning from owning and operating apartments to the development space really came because just being creative. I needed a way in the room and I couldn't buy my way in, so shit, let's go build our own room. And let's tell it, and let's get some people to believe in it with me. I learned how to articulate the story. I learned how to pitch, still learning how to pitch. And man, it's taken off. Three years later, we're building a thousand units this year. So, um, put your head down and get figured it out. You didn't say a hundred units, you said how many? One thousand. Wow! This year, yeah. Wow! Thanks. Let's go, I'm just, you know, uh, you know, I'm just saying, you know. Listen, man, we we're not having regular conversations in this joint today, man. I love it, Byron. <laughs> yes. Can I talk about? Let's serving? talk about it. Let's talk about it. Because I I love this. I I'm really um I'm about this. I know somebody somebody asked me. I want to say like four or five years back. 
was in Arizona and somebody walked up to me and they, they asked me about internships. And at that time I had some interns and they were talking about paid versus unpaid internships and what's the age that you shouldn't take, do things for free anymore. And, you know, I think culturally, right, even just generationally we're we're told all right always ask raise your price x y and z all of that but i i agree you know i agree with alvin i really really believe that when you want something and you have a path and you know where you want to go then if you don't have an entry point then you create that entry point by participating, by volunteering, by serving, by interning, by leveraging whatever your skill set is that they need more of or don't have in the room or the space that you're trying to get to. And that's how you get in the door. I know that, um, you know, all the way back, like 17, 18, I, I got my first six-figure job by volunteering at an Urban League event. Um, the president of the National Urban League was at this event. I didn't know anything about this um, this organization, really. But I went to this event. I was in Los Angeles, and it was celebrity said it. I was like, yeah, I'll go volunteer at a celebrity golf tournament, um, really just for the celebrities. But I did the work. And when I worked hard, put my head down, and did the work, I was noticed. And from that, one volunteer opportunity, I was offered a position that pivotally, like just changed my life. And so I say that to say, guys, when we talk about freeing up time, yes, free up time so that you can generate income and create income generating activities, but free up your time so that you have the time to invest in a space that you wouldn't normally be in. Right? So free up your time so that you have time to pour into a space. Like maybe, I don't know, I don't know much about, um, you know, Byron or Milton or Diddy's social media, right? But if there's somebody in here who has super lit social media hacks or algorithm hacks, right? That's something, volunteer, volunteer. Say, hey, let me help you on X, Y, and Z in exchange for this question on real estate, right? Do something, leverage yourself, so that you can get to the next place. Because so often we're not given the same opportunities and that's a perfect way to get the opportunity. I hope that that's helpful, but I just, I really wanted to, to tie into that. That was good. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And um, listen, man, I think, um, you know, I just, I just want to say thanks to everybody for having this just amazing conversation, amazing conversation. And um, yeah, man, I, I I don't. It's nothing else to be, need to be said. I know that we got a Bible study coming up, Dallas. Ain't that right? Absolutely, man. Thank you for mentioning that. Tomorrow, tomorrow, ma tomorrow. Hey, Byron, you can go ahead and drop that beat since I know we about to get out of here. Hey, don't y'all miss tomorrow. We are here Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays right here. And we're putting you right there in first class. There will be no coach rides on this particular platform because all we talk about is the things that are top of mind or that should be top of mind. So let's go Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time right here 
on Clubhouse. It's business over breakfast. If you have not done so, please join the club. Please join the wealth community by clicking on that link and we will see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. And tomorrow is Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month. We have Bible study and it is always off the chain. We're going to have a special guest on tomorrow, Dr. Corey Jackson. Y'all don't want to miss it. Of Empowerment Central Church, he's going to be bringing us the lesson on tomorrow and I cannot wait. So, until tomorrow at 6 a.m. and then again tomorrow at 7 p.m., we will see you then. Y'all have a powerful day in the Lord. Y'all be blessed. Peace. Hey, Dallas, I'm doing a first-class dance over here. You know what I'm talking about? I already know. <laughs> I already know. That dance different. You know what I'm I already know. Let's go. Yeah. I don't even know if it look goofy or not. I just, I'm just I'm just going with the motions. You know what I'm talking about? I already know. Say good morning, everybody. <laughs> Hey, good morning. <laughs> who, is that, who is that over there? Is that Miles? That's Miles. Say good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Hey, y'all be blessed, man. Listen. They say you a superstar now. We're gonna see y'all tomorrow. We got a lot to talk about this week. I just kinda wanna give y'all a little bit of a uh, preview. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit of a preview. You want sunset? What we talking about tomorrow specifically is going to be dealing with mental health. Is mental health blocking your success? So listen, this is real serious. We got professionals. We're reaching out to professionals as well to, to make sure we can curate a high-quality conversation. We're also going to be talking about next week are addictions, are toxic addictions blocking your success? Okay. Oh, my God. You understand what I'm talking about? So, so we gonna be dealing with a lot, Dallas. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, man, it's about to go down. Hey, y'all, make sure y'all start sharing it now. Start telling your friends and family members who need these things, and I can't wait. Let's get it. We're gonna be riding our first class. That's what I want to know. I'm feeling real first class this damn morning. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Man, y'all be blessed, man. Listen, I'm going to see y'all first thing tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. Peace. Peace. Peace.